myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. Just turn me loose. Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western skies. On my cayuse. Let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences. Gaze at the moon until I lose my senses. I can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences. Don't fence. Everybody, happy Monday to all of you. And to you and you and you and you and you. And to you and you and you as well. Every one of you rascals out there, my computer once again is not, uh, can't charge it's, it's like, I gotta restart it at some point. Casey's gonna be in at 6.30. Don't forget... We're going to argue about the Democrats' dwindling hopes for November as chaos erupts in the party and they're all freaking out over all these poll numbers that are showing that Americans aren't buying what the Democrats are selling. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it goes. Because they don't have anything to sell but hate and aggression and anger. That doesn't really... Even Michelle Obama got it about it. Wow, that doesn't sell. doesn't work. you got to have some constructive ideas to make things happen. You can't just run around calling everybody racists and Sexists and accusing people of rape when they didn't do anything. It's just not enough to say the president is too mouthy. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And there's a really good possibility that the Democrats are quite possibly going to find themselves in the same disastrous morning they found themselves back in November of 2016. And we'll see those people crying and everything else probably in the end. But, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the real concern. There are people really seriously concerned about the Democrats and whether or not they're actually going to really do anything, even in the House, for that matter. So good morning. Happy Monday. Happy to be back from the uh, whirlwind trip to uh, New York City, which was a ton of fun. I'll talk to you more about that. And, and uh, it was great to see my daughter up there. Uh, great to hang out with Brian Kilmeade up there and talk to some folks about a contributorship there. And so that's going to be uh, fun. We'll see how it works out. I haven't been notified of anything uh, special at this point, but don't expect to be for a while, probably not until after the midterms. I think they're just really wildly busy uh, with things up there and and quite possibly they're going to kind of reposition things and redo things uh once they are um once they are in a, in a good position to to do that and so we'll see how it all goes but uh 
it was a great trip, fun trip. Went to Yale working on a project involving a local poet here. And so I, I was been immersed in that whole thing. So that was uh, that was quite the blast. And uh, Yale University is pretty weird there. I didn't see anybody pulling their pants down, though, or raping anybody. So I, I just want to let you know that. Of course, Kavanaugh was there. There were some signs, though. I took pictures of them, and there were people who posted these uh, – you know these these pieces of paper on the bulletin boards throughout Yale's law school, which I went in to use the bathroom in, and on my way to this research library, well, which is one of one of the law school rooms, and had a photo there, and they were passing around these bills, and they were all saying that uh, we are not safe here, we are not safe studying here, and blah blah blah. So it was kind of like an odd vibe there. There were some signs and things that. That were people were not uh, happy. Let me see if I can find one of those photos. I can. I really can't. I guess I can't really put them up in the uh, in the uh, in the comments section. I don't think we put photos in the. I keep asking that same question over and over again, and Matt tells me every single time, "No, you can't." It's like I don't think you can, buddy. That's just the way it is. And so I went through. I did take a couple of the pictures in the hallways. It was just kind of weird. It was, let's see, one was, I am not safe learning here. We demand better. And it was uh, hashtag demanding better. I demand better because I believe her. I am not safe learning here. That was the uh, big, it was written in pen and the rest was there. Then, uh, then there was the Yale Law Students School. Yale Law School students demand better. Hashtag believe Christine. Hashtag I still believe her. Oh, I still believe Anita Hill was one of them. Hashtag I still believe Anita Hill. Most of these kids were like zygotes when they when Anita Hill was around, but they they still apparently believe Anita Hill. Hashtag stop Kavanaugh. Hashtag demanding better. So that was the uh, that was the deal there. So there that was the in the hallways of Yale. But you know, listen, that's that whole thing is dwindling as well and dying down. And I, I happen to think that the Democrats thought that even if they did fail, that it would just go away for the midterms. But people remember what happened. People remember this debacle that wound up being the Kavanaugh hearings and people remember the behavior of the leading Democrats out there. And that's going to hurt them going into the midterms. I believe, I believe they've shown themselves to be a very chaotic party. And now like it or not, if you, for instance, go to Portland, Oregon, where their Antifa's in full blown chaos over there, uh, then you see, and, and people are rightly or wrongly tying Antifa to the Democratic Party, and it, you, I think you can. I mean, because they're all, at this point, uh, deciding they're going to act out and, and hate Republicans and conservatives, and sorry, doesn't matter. You're speaking for the Democratic Party, whether you like it or not. This was a march for law and order in the streets of Portland, and it just absolutely spiraled into complete chaos with basically two rival groups of individuals. You know, the Patriot Prayer Group 
Uh, they're described in the Oregonian here as a right-wing group, the Patriot Prayer Group. And, and but they did, but it's interesting they call the Patriot Prayer Group the right-wing group, and all they call Antifa is black-clad adversaries. So already the media decides that you could you could tell just by the way they position their writing here who they favor and who they don't. I mean, uh, obviously being called right-wing isn't always an insult, but it's an insult the way the Oregonian is using it. It's an insult the way they're they're positioning this thing. And so that's you can t- you tipped off right away. Members of the right-wing group Patriot Prayer and their black-clad adversaries, oh ho hum, called known as Antifa used bear spray bare fists and batons to thrash each other outside Kelly's Olympian, a popular bar on Washington Street. Here, you want to hear it? I think it's just a bunch of screaming and yelling. And they just start punching each other. And keep in mind, this is... It looks like it was started by the Antifa people because you can see them going into the group of these guys. These guys carrying the flags. And they basically just simply attack them. And now they're in full-blown, full-blown attack mode. Now the guys, the guys in the Patriot Prayer Group look like they had bear spray. Which is which is stuff you spray, you know, obviously to, to, to keep a bear from attacking you. It looked pretty crazy, actually. The bear spray did. It was jetting out of the cans. Man, but one of these days, someone's just going to get someone's going to pull a gun and shoot somebody. I mean, I, that's just that's that's just crazy. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know was, there was such a thing as bear spray. Did you all know that? I'm not here. Let me get on. Let me get on Facebook first because I didn't have it uh, been on, and so I want to make sure I get you guys and and get talking with you here. But I, I I've never even heard of uh, bear spray. But but I I uh, yeah here I'm listening to myself now, getting on Facebook and t- chatting with all of you. But yeah, it's like it's like bear repellent. Although I I was always told that the the only way to uh to really avoid uh being eaten by a bear is is really if you I guess you could spray it but I always thought that the best way not to get attacked by a bear is just to make sure you stand there and maybe even yell and scream but don't move I can't remember I I remember reading about it one time and telling people about it and isn't it funny though? I'm glad there's not a bear in here, because I would have forgotten how to how to keep from being eaten. I can't remember whether it's stand there and yell or stand there and don't yell. I can't remember what it is. So I I, uh, I imagine that's probably a bad thing that I can't remember. I'll have to. But if I do wind up going someplace where I'm likely to run into a bear, I'll bone up on my bear repellent skills but the bear spray i will tell you though by the looks of the way it looked 
it worked. Let's just put it that way. And it looks like these uh, these these guys did have uh, these hard knuckle gloves, knives, and 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 there were some firearms people saw earlier, but they didn't make any arrests for those, and and nobody used, thankfully, the knives or the firearms. Uh, and there were also uh, then the, these group of guys called the Proud Boys which is, I guess it's like a conservative group of guys. Uh, they were apparently some individuals who were spray painting or or otherwise harming the Republican Party headquarters up in New York City. They were breaking some glass, I think. And uh, the Proud Boys uh, were deciding that they were going to go ahead and, and, and beat up a couple of these guys who were doing that. It was an event at the Republican Party headquarters, and the Proud Boys were, I guess, defending the headquarters. And apparently one of the people running for the Republican governorship up there is the one blowing the lid off of the destruction and vandalization of uh, vandalizing of the Republican Party headquarters in New York. So anyway, uh, there were members of the Proud Boys among the ranks of the individuals in the Patriot Prayer Group, and they organized what they called the Flash March for Law and Order uh, in Portland. And basically what's happening is the police in Portland and beyond are just allowing these Antifa guys to run amok. It's just been one of those things. And and so they're they're they were marching to protest the fact that police weren't doing anything about these guys running amok. And so eventually though, they, they were confronting each other and continued to do so. And then into the evening, they just were still going at each other. And so uh, I'm seeing posts and tweets here, but what this is, is, and, and all kinds of video, there's just video all over the joint. Uh, and uh, it's beating, beating each other. At this point, you can't tell who's who. But let me tell you something. If things were going well for the left, they wouldn't be out there doing what they're doing and and punching people, and they wouldn't be out there punching people carrying American flags, and they wouldn't be out there vandalizing the Republican Party headquarters in New York. And if things, if they really felt things were going to actually be improving for them in any way, shape, or form, even electorally, they wouldn't be out doing what they're doing. But they're doing it, and 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 they're temper tantruming because they can feel a rerun of November of 2016. And this is a bit that was put up by the McClatchy DC uh, News Bureau. And actually, Josh Hawley's wise because on the video they put together. They have a uh, they have a Josh Hawley ad. Josh Hawley bought some time there, so good for him. Let me see if I can get him up here. Liberals like Claire McCaskill and Chuck Schumer, they don't want the They only want power. And too many Republicans won't stand up. I'm Josh Hawley, and I will fight for the Supreme Court. It's the last line of defense for our values. It's worth the battle. And that's why I approve this message. Holly's been making some appearances, by One the way. One important question at the heart of this year's midterm elections. On Fox Can News. Can Democrats win back a majority in the House? We think we have a way to tell. McClatchy has identified six House districts as the most important bellwethers of 2018. 
By November, these races should indicate whether it's going to be a good year for Democrats or whether Republicans will have reason to cheer yet again. The districts we picked are geographically, ideologically, and demographically diverse. There's California 45. One of them includes, by the way, an Illinois house seat. In the once rock-solid Republican area of Orange County that swung left in 2016. Or California 10 in the Central Valley, which features one of the most battle-tested Republican incumbents. In Illinois 12, Democrats are trying to claim victory in a working-class area that went to Donald Trump two years ago. There's North Carolina 9, which shouldn't even be competitive, but if it is, Republicans have every reason to panic. Conversely, Florida 26 is a must-win for Democrats if they have any chance of winning the majority. And finally, Pennsylvania 8 is one of the GOP's few opportunities for a pickup this year, which should be an unambiguous sign that the party is doing better in 2018 than many expected. We won't know anything for sure until November, but the best way to start getting answers is to follow these six races. So it looks like the one in uh, the Illinois 12, and that is the one, let me see this, um, uh, which one that is. Because if that is a, if that is a one that is uh, the boss, uh, the, that, that one, that, that seat there, and th- that's kind of up in the air. And so uh, Mike Boss is the uh, is the rep there in Illinois, and a Republican, and he served since uh, January of 2015, and he this is this is a reelection campaign on the part of Mike Boss, who who's a good guy. I should have him on the air actually, but they're thinking that that is a race that can kind of go and bounce around depending. It's it's uh, it went for Trump. Obviously, in 2016, so 2018, we'll see. I don't see how that changes for the – when they called it the working class uh, Illinois uh, district there, it, that, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of uh, – it's coal country. It's southern Illinois. There are a lot of uh, plants there, uh, manufacturing plants and things like that. And so it's, a, it's an industrialized – District and and as I talked with uh, Chris G, my buddy, last week. By the way, Chris, I, I'm sorry you were telling me that you were going to help fix the air conditioner here if they wanted you to, and I I got to get you guys connected because I didn't, I, I never did, and so I I wanted to make sure that uh, that that you knew I did because you got me on my way to New York and I was really super so busy. But thanks for your offer. I'm I'm getting your name to these guys here. Uh, and they'll and they'll call you uh, and and uh, let you know what what's up. And it doesn't seem like the air conditioning is off in here, though, does it? I mean, I, I'm I'm it's pretty cool in here, but it's also cold outside. So I don't know whether the air, air conditioner is still broken or not. Maybe it just miraculously came back to life. No, okay. Well, we're just benefiting from the fact that it's 25 degrees outside, so that's good. So, uh, all right, buddy, I will, Chris. Thank you. That's uh, that's. Uh, Steamfitter Chris, thank you. So we have uh, uh, in the district that he's talking about the the Boss District. So you've got the steel mill, and thank you, Chris. You've got the refinery there, and you have all these companies that are benefiting from the Trump economy. So even though McClatchy says this Illinois twelve is a very uh, important district, I can't I can't possibly see it going towards the Democrats. I just don't see. I just don't see how that's going to work for them and, and how anybody – and I talked to Chris, Steam Fitter Chris, who's a conservative Democrat. He says, I'm not going to vote for somebody who's going to go up there and just simply rework and walk back 
all that we were able to to do, all that we're going to uh, that, that President Trump has accomplished. I mean, these are all working class people who were seeing a real difference in their paychecks and everything else. Did you see President Trump on? And so we'll follow up on that. I'll I'll have Mark in here and scream that at him and let it and let him know what's going on. So there's a two part interview with President Trump on 60 Minutes, and Leslie Stahl was the person who was able to sit down with uh, President Trump. I didn't see most of the interview. I did see a part of the interview where President Trump talked about the media, and then Leslie Stahl just basically stopped him in his tracks and didn't didn't allow him to uh, keep talking. Uh, and 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 one of them, I'll get to that. I'll get to that, and also get to the one about the climate change deal. But here's here's Donald Trump basically being eru- interrupted. What I've really learned is I never knew how dishonest the media was. I I, I really mean it. I'm not saying that as a soundbite. I never I, I can, knew how I'm, dishonest. I'm going to change the subject again. Well, no, but even the way you asked me a question, like about separate. Well, well, you know why? Why is she wanting to change the subject again? You know, she's got him sitting down here. Why? Why wouldn't she? At that point, maybe even probe a little bit about okay, what do you, what exactly do you mean, dishonest media, President Trump? What exactly are you saying? What exactly is is your well, or or what kind of uh, what, what kind of proof do you have? Whatever, just just probe it a little bit instead of just cutting off the conversation because it's uncomfortable and because it involves involves the news media. Yeah. When I say Obama did it, you don't want to talk about it. No. I'm when I say I did your, it, let's make a big I'm going to run your answer, but you did it four times. I'm so. just telling you that you treated me much differently on the subject. I disagree, but I don't want to have that fight with you. Hey, All it's right, okay. We're going to have another fight with you. Leslie, okay. it's okay. In the meantime, right. I'm president we're and you're not. <laughs> I, mean, think I've really- I love it. You know, I mean, it's funny. Leslie Stahl looks good for her age. I don't know whether it's just all... But she she looks um, pretty good. She doesn't look like she hasn't changed a bit. That's kind of odd. Used to be on uh, PBS and Channel Nine. But yeah, he says I, I, I'm still going to be president, and and, and, and you're still going to be Leslie. So it's okay. In the meantime, right. I'm president, and you're not. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it was good. <laughs> and President Trump did it with a smile on his face, which was uh, which is pretty cool. And 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 you know he knows he knows what's up, and he knows the people who love him. Love this kind of stuff, and the people who can't stand him can't stand this kind of stuff, and it's just too damn bad. Then she also uh, questioned him again. We've had hurricanes in the past that have been horrible hurricanes going on through, you know, Galveston, the famous one in the '60s, and we've and 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 all these terrible storms. So it's not like. Things have changed that much in terms of our storms. But Leslie Stahl decides she's going to pack them all into one and confront President Trump on climate change. Michael comes on the heels of a series of superstorms: Florence in the Carolinas, Maria in Puerto Rico. By the way, this – can someone correct me on this? Because uh, <clears throat> this idea, excuse me, of a, of a superstorm – like, why are they suddenly calling these things superstorms? I mean, they're freaking hurricanes, right? So why why are they calling them superstorms? And and is that just another way that they're going to try to make things bigger than they are? I mean, we already have the situation now 
where we all obsess over heat in Texas and and wind chills. You know, just just to make things it's it's not enough for it to be 30 degrees outside. We have to know that there's a wind chill, which is ridiculous. Well, it's 30 degrees, but if, you know, in dog years, it's actually 15. It's like, come on. They ought to actually just come up with a dog years temperature. That would be, that would be even better for people, I'm sure. Make, make things even more dramatic. You know, it's 30 degrees, but in dog years, it's 75,000 degrees below zero. Or they could do the same thing with the heat index. Because it's always like, well, uh, it's 95, but it feels like 105. It's like, well... Maybe that's true, but th- th- that does not take away the fact that the temperature is 95. Yeah, but no, but it feels like 105. But it's not 105. It's uh, What's the temperature? 95. Good. That's all we need to know. We don't need to know how it feels to certain people. And again, we could do dog years for, uh, well, it's 95, but in dog years, in, in dog temperature, it's 10,000 degrees. I mean, it's it's so this superstorm thing is really weird uh, be, because they're they're just you know ratcheting up the language to make it worse than it is. These hurricanes are no more worse than they were back in the days, back in the old days, and it was even worse then because uh, the, you know the ability to to build and 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 you know. To, to, to the materials they used to build uh, weren't as strong, so the devastation was a little even harder uh, at, at that time. But nonetheless, this is, this is the garbage we're getting from 60 Minutes. The heels of a series of superstorms, Florence in the Carolinas, Maria in Puerto Rico, Harvey in Texas. These were hurricanes, right? I mean, I think Sandy... I thought Sandy was a hurricane. So now, so now they're saying that that it's uh, that I think we remember them calling it Superstorm Sandy, but it was a friggin' hurricane. Harvey was a hurricane. I know that. Do you still think that climate change is a hoax? Look, I think something's happening, something's changing, and it'll change back again. I don't think it's a hoax. I think there's probably a difference, but. I don't know that it's man-made. I will say this. And, 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 and that's a very simple statement that is also made by scientists who really don't know whether it's really man-made. They do know that uh, as a matter of historical course, the Earth's temperatures shift and, and go back. And, 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 the, uh, and yes, it's true that things heat up uh, to a small level seemingly every year uh but but not always i mean I, that's why i love it when they do the the temperature comparisons because this is where they kind of run amok and bite themselves uh in the nose because they say well the last time it was this cold was in 1910 or the last time it was this hot was in 1922 and it's like well then that just goes to show you that at one point it was pretty damn cold in 1910, and at one point it was pretty damn hot in 1922, which goes to show you that the weather fluctuates quite naturally. Yeah, we haven't had this much snow since 1898. 
Yeah, it hasn't been this hot, sustained for a full two weeks since 1872 here in St. Louis. It's like, oh, well, well, back then it was hot, really hot. And I don't recall uh, cars and motorcycles all traversing through the streets in 1872, but whatever you say. But they, but I love it when they make those comparisons because it just goes to show you things do fluctuate. Temperatures fluctuate. Back in the 70s, you remember the, mag- the, the the cover of the magazines? The the I think there's a Time magazine article out there that talks about the uh, the the onset of the ice age. They're worried about things being covered in ice in 1970. But President Trump is right. The science is not clear on exactly what is going on here as it relates to so-called climate change. And 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 these people are acting as if, and, and Leslie Stahl has to know this, she has no proof that Hurricane Harvey or Florence or any of those other ones are actually any different than any other hurricane we've had. In fact, I don't recall any meteorologist out there or anybody from the Center for Hurricane Studies or whatever saying that the hurricanes are worse than they were back in the day. I mean, there are some that are pretty bad, but... That that's there are some in the past that have been really bad too. I'm I'm just saying it's just crazy. But good good for President Trump. I don't want to give trillions and trillions of dollars. I don't want to lose millions and millions of jobs. I don't want to be put at a disadvantage. I wish you could go to Greenland, uh, watch these huge chunks of ice just falling into the ocean. Has has Leslie Stahl gone to Greenland? to watch huge chunks of falling ice. I must have missed the promotion for that cruise. Hey, it's the uh, Viking Tours presents the Tour of Greenland, where we go and watch chunks of falling ice go into the ocean or whatever the hell it is up there. Raising the sea levels. And you don't know whether or not that would have happened with or without man. You don't know. Well, you're scientists. You're scientists at no, NOAA and NASA. No, we have, we have scientists that disagree with that. You know, I... I w- uh, and, and they do. This is a really important point here because this was clearly edited. This part of this was clearly edited. And and the fact is the, the scientists at NASA and NOAA have never indicated these storms are any worse because of climate change. They've never been on paper as, as representing that. So, so Leslie Stahl just runs. I don't. I don't know what happened in this in this part of the interview that was that was edited. It was clearly edited. I don't know whether it was edited out to to take Trump out of there or to take Leslie Stahl out of there, citing something that isn't true. Which is it's too bad. If I, usually, I've been in interviews before where the people who are being interviewed are actually are actually recording the interview separately, so they can go back and figure out all the ways in which the 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 tape was edited. But it was it, to me, it was clearly edited here. Here, let's see, let's see. Hold on a second here. And you don't know? Well, you're scientists. You're scientists at no, NOAA and NASA. No, we have, we have NASA. scientists that disagree with that. You know, I, I was thinking. Yeah, I, so th- that was edited. So I don't know what that uh, – I don't know what that was. And I, 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 don't, I don't – and in fact, Leslie Stahl is citing something that is not actually on the record, that, that's a, that a NOAA scientist – there might be one NOAA scientist who said something or a NASA scientist, but that's not the – 
official positions of these uh, of these two units here. So I don't I don't know uh, I don't know what they're talking about. And I, but it was clearly edited. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. What where. if he said, "No, I've seen the hurricane situations. I've changed my mind. There really is climate change." And I thought, "Wow, what an impact! What an impact well, that denying. would make!" Yeah. Okay, she's begging him. She's begging him to say something that is not a proven truth. Boy, wouldn't it be so great if you just turned into a gigantic giraffe and started marching around the White House? Wouldn't that just be amazing, President Trump? Yeah, it would be, Leslie, but, you know, I'm not going to change into a giraffe. But wouldn't it be great if you – I mean, it doesn't make – it's the same thing as asking him to say something that is not a truth. Yeah, but wouldn't it be fantastic if he just said, yeah, man is ruining the planet and we need to have cars that, that are made out of plastic and, and 55 mile per gallon uh, fuel mileage standards? I mean, you know what the impact of that would be, by the way. The impact of that would be a major economic crunch and a major economic element of slavery that we've seen before by these climate change fanatics. It's why the president pulled out of the Paris Accord, because we were the only ones abiding by it, the only ones contributing, the only ones sacrificing jobs for the rest of the world, while the other guys were just sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Wouldn't it just be great if you would just simply say something that we're all saying, even though we don't know it's true? Scientists at NOAA and NASA. We have scientists that disagree with that. You know, I, I was thinking... What if he said, no, I've seen the hurricane situations. I've changed my mind. Yeah, she's, at this point, Leslie Stahl is fantasizing about the president and admitting she did so, about the president saying something that is not a proven truth, but seeing it on 60 Minutes because, boy, what an impact that would have. Yeah, we'd all, our, our chins would all drop to the floor and say, what, who put that in your drink, Mr. President? But yeah, this is how journalists think, though. Like, wouldn't it just be great if he just said this and how it really is climate change? And I thought, wow, what an impact. What an impact well, that denying. would make. I mean, yes, Leslie, it would make a big impact. It would make an impact that we would all fear. How is it possible that she's like, wouldn't it be just great if he just said what we're all saying? If he just simply turned left? Instead of going down the center, if, wouldn't it be great if you just agreed with the with the hash that we sling every day? Yeah, it would, it would be great for them because they'd have everything confirmed denying for them. climate change, but it could very well go back. You know, we're talking about well, over that's millions denying of years. It. it is. Here's the deal. This is what they've done. And before Mark gets in here, I'll say this. When, when it comes to climate change, They've what they've done is they've just turned it into something like a term like healthcare. So that if so that if you're against Obamacare, like are you against healthcare? Like no. Well, you voted against Obamacare, but I'm not against healthcare. What are you talking about? It's like are you against climate change? And and President Trump is simply saying, no, I'm not denying. There's a there's a change in the climate. I'm I'm what I'm saying is it's not proven. It's directly related to man. And she's like, well, that's denying. It's like, no, it's not. It's not denying climate. But they've decided that that just the words climate change are some kind of provable point 
about man creating a different climate, and and they've they've managed to in or, an Orwellian switch, which is what they always do. They we'll just call it climate change, and within that definition of climate change, it will include man is responsible for climate change. It's like no, that's not how it works. And it's same thing. These guys do it all the time. They play around with this language, and they play around with this, and they wind up just mucking up the entire process and, and creating a situation that is their version of the truth and not necessarily uh, the, the real version of the truth. All right, so Mark Cation is currently in the uh, green room, and we're going to get to uh, Mark. Mark's going to have to uh, cover his ears and his eyes. You have to duck under the couch in there because we're about to play, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now's the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home. And Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37. From the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Thank you, Discovery Design, DDTrucking.com. That's right, people. And for the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Company. Fantastic, these guys. It's Rick and Jerry Poe. Also, Tucker, buddy. You've got so many people out here who love you. That's true. I mean, I'm not. That's a fact. We'll agree Thank on you. that. Thank anyway. you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, I, I can't. You know, I, I, I walk around 
St. Louis, and because of you, people are all over me every day I'm out in the streets, and uh, they've, they've got much to say about what we used to be saying on TV, and they, they, they love you. They, they do. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Mark. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to get something going as, as soon as we get our um, Radio Free Almond 2.0 going. You're gonna have your show. I've got a lot of people starting to pile up in terms of uh, having shows on the network, and we'll probably, you know, I I had thought maybe we'd be done by now, October wise, but it'll it'll be through November, I think, and then we'll get it going. We're gonna get past the midterms. Everything takes longer than anybody would ever think it's going to take. Everything. Just in broadcasting it is. I just know. Let me tell you something. Uh, and, I, and yes, I appreciate that. And you and I were working on something separate, too, that might be kind of interesting. Sure. We, uh, I want to tell you what, about the Marshall Tucker Band for a second, because it, it'll get us into a, a good discussion about, about this. Marshall Tucker Band, one of the, uh, obviously, the, 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 the mainstayers of the Marshall Tucker band was a guy named Toy Caldwell and Toy Caldwell and there's George McCorkle who sings but Toy Caldwell also did a few here and wrote a lot of the tunes and he was the guitarist for Marshall Tucker and in fact I'm friends with his daughter Cassidy Caldwell who lives in St. Louis actually I actually went to see Marshall Tucker with her uh, when they were in town how, how long ago was that? Uh, about a year and a half ago oh, or two. Okay. So I went. I, I took Aiden with me, and we went to go see Marshall Tucker and the Outlaws. And there were a couple other bands there, too. But we left then the St. Charles Family Arena, took a Uber over to the Live Nation or whatever the hell that is now, the Riverport, basically. And, I, and we watched uh, ZZ Top. So it was a fantastic night, man. I mean, night. I don't even know how all these people are still alive, but that's okay. Well, here's the thing. Toy Caldwell is not alive anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, wa- I want to tell you, you know what Toy Caldwell was doing while you were out gallivanting around protesting America? Uh, I, I don't know, and I'm sure you're going to tell me. He was fighting for the U.S. Marine Corps in Vietnam. Because Lyndon Johnson lied to everybody. I understand. Well, I'm just saying. I'm no, just telling I, you. To- I get it. That the, the person who was playing guitar on this particular show, on this particular song, was the great Toy Caldwell, a former U.S. Marine, who came back and formed, came back after actually being, I, I believe he, he, he got the Bronze Star over there. He came back after being shot there and, and actually formed, formed, uh, formed the Marshall Tucker Band. Hey, I'm friends with lots of those people who fought, and like I say, it's it's unfortunate that that Lyndon Johnson lied. I, I probably told you this story. You know, when I was at UCLA, one of my first papers that I ever wrote was uh, my freshman year, uh, 1968, and Bernard Brody, a former Undersecretary of Defense for Lyndon Johnson, was the professor, class of about 500 students, you know, one of those big things. And uh, he gave me it back, and it said on it, uh, D as in donut. So he gave me a D on the paper, and he said, this is nothing but communist propaganda. 
but it all turned out to be correct. But that's okay. Yeah. I was uh, on the campus of Yale University Friday. That's great. Went to, took the train from New York to New Haven, and that's a different place there. Yeah, luckily you weren't there with Bill Haas, who went to Yale, but that's good. He didn't. He, Bill Haas went to Yale? Oh, Bill Haas went everywhere. Yale, wow. Harvard, everywhere. Sure. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah. Uh, I did, so he didn't. Did he graduate from Yale? Oh, he, <laughs> the truth is he did. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, look, unfortunately, years later, we've got him on the front page of the Post Dispatch saying he wants to kill himself. So, yeah, know. you know, and that's serious business. So people yeah. need help sometimes. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I've always. Uh, gotten along with him he hasn't really gotten along with me but i've always gotten along with him so same here yeah it's yeah. it's one of Someday, those things. yeah i understand he, i know it but i do uh have to tell you though that um i was on the campus of yale and it was weird because of course i would never have in a million years ever been able to go to yale i was i was a 2.6 guy it was a, no, it was but not that, a okay but uh, stop but downplaying i'm, not, that. I'm just that, saying that's that's a lot I'm of just bs saying, you're I, a very i'm just saying. very smart person who could easily go to any of those I, schools I, you may right. have been playing around too much that's another story i don't know i almost went to i almost went to new york university though i damn near made it in there but anyway and i would have gone but uh i uh I was on the campus there and doing this research project, and but I had to go in. I had to pop into one of the Yale Law School uh, buildings to go use the bathroom before I went to the the library, the research library. So uh, it was on the way, and I had to go. So I went in, and I all I saw a bunch of signs. That were, you know, we don't feel safe as Yale Law students. And <laughs> and one of the signs said that we still believe Anita Hill. It was like, you were like zygotes back when right. Anita What do you know about Anita Hill? Yeah. But they had all these signs up in the hallway about, you know, obviously related to Kavanaugh. But I didn't see anybody because there. Because women always, most, I'll say, most of the time tell the truth. They, right. You know, and, 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 and Donald... Who I don't really even like to get into him, but but he runs around. Look what he said about that. He's afraid for his young men. Young men in this country should be fearful when it's young men who are attacking, assaulting women, which is what he actually supports. Well, I, I do. He, be- he believes in assaulting women. I, I know he doesn't. Well, I do. We've, heard we, him. we've we've discussed this Play already. That but tape. I do believe. What tape? Yeah, the, the one where he him? says, "I can do it anytime I want." Right, exactly. But yeah. the, the, but the, he's talking know, he about he's it. talking about this weird culture that actually was play that actually did play out uh, in Hollywood uh, because those are the people that actually really did grab people by the you know what men. and wound up men. right exactly yes men are bad yeah liberal men men white men very yes. bad white Horrible. liberal men all no men. because the only people that, I, that that so far have been on the hook. For any true assault on a woman, they all happen to be liberal men. Listen, I don't disagree. I've always said to you and others, it's men. It's not just liberal. It's not, and it's not just white. It's men are they have a serious problem. But, but I mean, white men have privilege and power, so that makes. Well, it a I mean, let, let's roll down the list of people who have been. You I know, agree. Lots attacked, of liberals, you know, and, and, and conservatives. Everybody. Yeah. Men. Uh, yes. 
and, and but 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 they're liberal men. Yeah. Wait until you see. I, I listened to you on the way in. I enjoyed it thoroughly. You know, you've got three weeks left. It's just look. It's just. I always say this. See, this is this is uh, October. In October, I can proclaim that that the Cardinals will be in the World Series next year because until April, you can't prove a thing. So I've We're going to have Bryce Harper. That's why. Yeah. So I see we could say all the that's what's great about baseball. It's wonderful. So I can sit here and tell you all kinds of things about what the Cardinals are going to do and who they're going to have and how they're going to play and everything until April. Now, in April, reality hits. The reason I say that is because you've got three weeks. You can sit here and proclaim victory for every Republican known to mankind. But in three weeks, you and I will be standing here, and I can tell you it's not going to be like that, and it's going to be because of women. Women are going to vote like you've never seen before, as Donald J. Duck would say. So there you are. All right. You're, again, a fantasist. And and you are uh, three weeks. You are misrepresenting. Let me put it this way, and I will tell you this, and I'm, I'm not bragging. Okay, nope. the the Radio Free Almond product, the, the show itself, whether it be on the stream or whether it be on the uh, Facebook, it probably has more female, more women listeners than any radio show out there in the morning in St. Louis with the exception of maybe uh, in terms of percentage of demographics, you might have uh, Joy FM perhaps getting a lot of women on it uh, who sometimes when the kids are in the car, a lot of the morning radio doesn't jibe with them and work for them. So I, I understand that. Or maybe even Y98. But for the most part, in, in the talk realm in the realm where where people are very highly engaged in politics and in culture and everything else in the talk realm where you're going to find actually more voters more women voting because a lot of these women who might be listening to joy or y98 they're not going to even bother voting but but the women who listen to me are going to vote and i guarantee you they're not voting for democrats who are going to who are going to turn things turn the clock back Here's another example. And you, but just let me say, you don't have to convince me because I believe it. I, no, I believe that completely. But you were talking about research. Just remember, I mean, there's anecdotal research and then there's research. So, And, and there's nothing wrong with anecdotal. And, and, and you know, the, the audience here is not 320 million. So all I'm telling yeah, you, you is when, when you see the 320 million vote, then we'll we'll know. You just have to. You just have to. Here's what you got to do, though. You got to take things anecdotally. You can't just. You have. You don't have empirical evidence that women voters are going to get out there. Do you? Three weeks. We'll know. Okay, but you don't really have. I any, don't know what anybody's okay, going okay, to but, do. But, but but I. But I'm telling you, I one have, of those one of those hurricanes may come and kill all the women. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you that I believe in three weeks we'll know. Yeah, they're going to call it Hurricane Brett. Are they just for fun? Right. Uh, now, now it's now Brett is killing women. 
Okay. But here's the deal. Nah, Again, he's, he's, he's all right. Let's go. They're going to impeach him. No, they're not. But he'll be the first one, not Donald. Because everybody's afraid of Mike Pence. Let's go back again to then empirical evidence. So I just told you about the women who are watching this show and who are listening to this show and who are highly engaged individuals, engaged very much in the whole uh, process of of, uh, politics and conservatism and working and everything else. Then if if it's not them, then why don't you take the example of, for instance, Steamfitter Chris? Who I had on the show last week, uh, Steamfitter Chris uh, is Chris G, and he's a buddy of mine, a good guy. He's a uh, tradesman. He's a union steamfitter, and is a person who is would describe himself as a conservative Democrat. Now, keep in mind, he didn't vote for President Trump after all. Uh, I, I think I said that he did. I think when he came on, he goes, "I actually didn't." Uh, but either way, because uh, he was worried about – because Republicans have had a really bad reputation when it comes to dealing with, with labor and, and have traditionally, unfortunately, reflexively always crapped on unions, which uh, to me, I never understood that. Public employee unions, I could understand, but why you have to crap on you know, a, a trade union, the pipe fitters or something is beyond me because they only engage in – in work and in contracts that the company wants to engage in. So it's not like they're forcing anything on anybody. And, and they're I, often pretty conservative. Usually. Uh, but the problem is, though, Republicans, at least at the state level, have always simply hyper-concentrated on this right-to-work thing uh, and, and hyper-concentrated on these issues that, that, that probably, if they didn't, they would have people from the unions voting for them all the time. But the union worker did, in fact, help President Trump in 2016, and they, they, they voted for him because they were convinced that he was going to be good for the economy. They were convinced that, yeah, all right, so I don't agree with him on some of this other stuff, but he's going to be good for the economy. And lo and behold, guess what? He absolutely is. You ask anybody in the oil refining Don't business, say all that. anybody That's... in the steel industry, and Chris G., who was working in the labor industry, he goes, we're having trouble – even uh, – we're almost at full employment. We've got people who are – everybody's working now. Yeah, thanks and, to and, Ben Bernanke. No. And, it, it, but really, here's – okay, again. I, but, but that you, I can prove. But you can say thanks to I Ben – I can prove that. Right. Yeah. You can okay. say Ben Bernanke, but, but I guarantee you – Who is a Republican. Most of the people out there aren't going, yeah, but Ben Bernanke's the one, so I'm not going to vote for President Trump. No, you're right. But, but what People don't know anything. I agree. But Chris G and, and let's, let's – then let, let's take the battleground district of the Illinois 12, which McClatchy has identified as a battleground House seat district there with Republican Mike Bost running against a Democrat who wants to unseat him. Mike Bost is uh, in that 12 area there. There's a refinery, there's a steel plant, and probably a few coal manufacturing facilities. I, I'm not exactly sure, but that's southern Illinois. And and uh, there's not anybody there, including Chris G., who's going to go and vote for the Democrat when when they're all working well and doing everything and, and their economies are growing, they're not going to vote for people who are going to unravel all that. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're all going out of business, although they don't know it yet. Re- remember H.L. Mencken said a long time ago, and I think it's it's correct, no one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. And and so great. you can convince people of anything for a while. Joe McCarthy did it. 
Donald Duck has done it with a very small group of people. But look, coal is over. Uh, all of that is over. Uh, this is such a complex thing, and I'm right. no scientist, and neither are you, and, ne- and certainly the two of us know a whole lot more about science than Donald Duck does. So You keep on saying Donald Duck because you're just trying to provoke people and, 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 and be, be— I'm sorry. Uh, but, but here's the thing. You can, you can diminish Donald Duck, but you, you can diminish President Trump by calling him Donald Duck. But the reality is, when you just said that about H.L. Mencken, why would you quote a guy? Listen, H.L. Mencken He's was a dead. great writer. Everything else, He's but why dead. would you? Why would you quote a guy and and purposely then diminish the intelligence of the American voter? Be- well, because I mean, I'm not be- running for anything. Hillary, Hillary Clinton- did it and was foolish, right? But but she said deplorables. And look, I know lots of great people who walk around and they come up to me and they say, you know, I'm a deplorable, right? Okay, so I mean, there's nothing. Look. it's not mean. See, and that's the one thing about what we've always done. There's no meanness in it. Uh, The the truth is, is that I'm not thrilled about the fact that Donald's mentally ill. I hate that. All right. You know, but again, really, I worry about it. Why don't you, why don't you just deal with the issues instead of, of let's deal with it. I mean, you know, because coal's going away. Like I want to see the charts. Like, like why do I sit uh, Like, I mean, Hillary Clinton is, is quite possibly one of the most awful human beings to walk the earth. Okay. But I don't, but I don't call her a hag or I don't say Hillary the hag or, you know, I don't, I don't like, I, I, because it's enough. If you really have the basis on which to make a complaint or have a complaint, then why don't you go ahead and then utilize their regular names, but then state your case instead of just calling him Donald Duck or mentally ill. He he does it. Mentally ill is not, look, I'm not playing on mentally ill. I've said this all along. I feel sorry for him, and I worry about him on the mentally ill part. Well, but, wait, wait, uh, but I again, really do. But, he but is Mark, mentally no, ill. No, he's not. Okay, you, look. You, you're just you're, – you're, right now, wait, wait. Okay. What you're doing is you're – you have no – just because somebody isn't like you and has a different personality than you do or different ideas than you do doesn't make them mentally ill. Want to talk about NATO? Yeah. Well, let's talk about NATO. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there, – because there's where part of the, the issue is. I mean, first of all, the man says, I know more than Mattis. Now Mattis is a Democrat. Everybody's laughing this morning. Mattis has always been a Republican. I don't even want to get into to, to putting down Donald. Let's just talk about NATO. The United States created NATO – it was part of the whole business with the Marshall Plan. Got it. Let me tell you. Go, the go North read, Atlantic Treaty Association. Go, go, go read. I know. I'm not, not going to go yeah, read people anything. Don't re- I know. People don't. Yes, read. they do but look, read. Here, I read a lot, deal. but I'm not going to go here's read. Here's the deal. No, I, and you're not going to read what I'm going to tell you because who would? You'd have to be nuts. I, why do I even know it? But but the, the memoirs of Cordell Hall. Oh, my God. Se- former Secretary of State in the 1940s oh, under great. under Roosevelt, and read I can't all wait to, about, I can't wait to dust off the memoirs yeah, of I, Cordell I'm saying, Hall. I'm saying no one would read it. You'd have to be nuts. But but the truth is, it's all about how we formed NATO and the Marshall Plan, and the United Nations, and but NATO and, uh, NATO no, is they're lost. tearing this down. NATO they're has, destroying it all. Good. Because yeah, see, NATO has lost its effectiveness. Oh, please. NATO is just a group of individuals who are a bunch of ingrates who aren't bucking up for their own defense and now are, by the way, starting to. And NATO has, uh, in some ways, outlived its usefulness. They're laughing at us. 
So and, what? And it hasn't and it hasn't outlived anything. But I will say this, and this is a scholarly paper, and anybody that's watching, listening right now, because they know my name, Mark Kaysen, M-A-R-K-K-A-S-E-N, they can email me at my name at yahoo.com, and I will flip anybody immediately a copy of a 30-page paper that I wrote this year on this whole foreign policy thing. It's a scholarly paper. It's really, it's kind of interesting. And it's the opposite of what Donald is talking about. Wait, 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 what, 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 other than insulting some Euro trash, what exactly is the problem with our foreign policy? We, we are throwing out a, a, a plan that was put together, which, you know, if you heard, well, I know you didn't watch all the 60 minutes because you were doing stuff, but here's the deal. He said that the only reason for NATO and Europe was to uh, to trick the United States into paying lots of money. Yes. Was to rip us off. Yes. Well, come on. And, 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 and keep in mind. Absolutely not true. We well, love paying. Keep in mind. We spent – the Marshall Plan was the most – productive right. foreign policy spending program in the history of the world. It Keep saved in mind. us. Okay, again, there is no problem with the United States asking other countries for a little bit of fairness and a little bit of input when it comes to their outlay, when it comes to their own defense. And, and believe me, the people of Europe have, like, if you just go – to and see what happened in Italy, for instance, or see what's happening in I think it's Spain or some other where where the people are swinging conservative over there. The Italians, they, oh, they are the Italians love Absolutely. the United States of America. No, and, and no yes, they do. No, I was no, just they over think there. We're insane. No, they but, don't. But, but but I will say this: they, they, they when, when was the last time you were in no, Italy talking no, to anybody about America? Well, like I, I was. Look, I watch Bloomberg. Okay, so I watch Bloomberg in the morning early, and I, and they interview, you know, all these people. You'll you know say elitists. Well, they are, and and they say that we're insane. Okay, you know. So, but, and, but, but, but I understand but, but, maybe but, but, on the street they're voting for for you know mirror images of Donald Duck. But I'm sorry, who said we were insane? I mean, I don't know. Europe thinks we're crazy. No, but again, Europe's crazy. Look at look at look at how how uh, what's her face, the Hillary Clinton uh, uh, impersonator, is what, what Merkel is doing over there with her. She's destroying her country by by opening borders to these rapey migrants over there, and it's dist- people can't even wear a swimming suit there anymore in Germany without getting groped by these North Africans. It's and, and ridiculous, that's what, and that's what they said about the United States when we let in Italians and Germans and Chinese and all these other people and Jews. Yeah, forget, let's not do that. So this is all, this is what was said back 100 years ago in this country when all of us came so no, I okay, understand. Okay. Here, here's here's the deal, uh, and and this and and I know that you make these comparisons, but all you have to do is, people are always going to be protective of their area, and and there was a problem economically, like for instance in St. Louis, the Irish and the Germans did not get along very well, and the and the Germans were the ones who came after the Irish. And for instance, there's a place called the Kerry Patch here in St. Louis where you didn't go. In fact, if you even if you were a police officer, you never you didn't go into the carry patch after dark. Right. 
but we because don't the Irish guys would beat the crap stuff. out of you. But no, but 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 we're not promoting it. All well, I'm sure saying we is, are. All I'm saying is, Mark, you have to have. But we had a policy, though, and, and so and at some point that policy, which was you're 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 coming to the United States, but you're coming through Ellis Island or you're coming through New Orleans. And you're actually – it's a process. It's an immigration process. And so, yeah, there were people who didn't like it, but there was at least a process. In Germany, again, who, we're supposed to worship them because they're more intelligent than we are. They're just letting people cross the borders and basically setting them up in, in, in these – and they're spreading them around into all these villages over there. And it's, it's creating chaos. And so why are we supposed to be looking up to the policies of an Angela Merkel or something when we're watching her destroy our country? No. The, country the that's world's been- got problems and there is chaos and we have chaos. And, and, and our – response is we're going to go back. He said last night, I heard him. He said that we're probably going to go back to separating the families again, which means okay, now putting you're the kids subject. in cages. Okay, let's go back. Let's go. Okay. So we're now gonna, we're, now, know, now, now we're going, cages now we're going back to, I mean, I now, heard him say right, it. I, I get it. Now we're going back to this whole other thing. What you were pointing, we we're talking about Europe. Sure. We we're talking about NATO. We are now a country that that, that has been historically, uh, and in case of fire, break, uh, break the glass Definitely. country, and we're always responding, and, and none of that has ever changed our commitment. It saved the world. Uh, exactly. And so let me tell you something. Anytime some Euro trash is there on Bloomberg talking about us being insane, I would just simply take the Euro trash's head and point it in the direction of Normandy, France, and I'll show him or her the graves of U.S. American soldiers who died for the freedom of the free world and for Europe. And but so, that's, the, and so that's even, their complaint. Right, but, 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 but no, 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 no. No, they're but, on that side. Well, then, then they they're ought supporting to, those they, people. Right, they ought to keep looking at that no, and no, saying, they're, they're, we don't have any apologies to they're make. They're saying that we have trashed all of that. We haven't trashed that, all of that. Yeah, well, that's we've what lived we're doing. up to it. No, we've we've there's not one ounce of proof that our commitment to defending our allies has ever changed. There's not one proof. And you know what? You don't even need NATO to to uh, have something on the books as being as defending our allies. You How don't about even the need United NATO. Nations. You don't even need the United Nations for that matter. Well, I mean, I'm not. I don't have. I don't necessarily have an issue with the UN. Probably I, save the world. But. Oh, right. I don't have the issue with the UN as long as it's tamed like a bunch of wild lions by a guy like Donald Trump, who's, who who goes up there and tames them all. Because and instead of apologizing for the U.S., he goes up there and says, "By the way, we're not changing. So you might as well go ahead and get on board if you're gonna if you're gonna have any success." If we, if I were you, I'd be more like us because we're not going to be more like you. Yeah. When Adlai Stevenson in the United <laughs> Nations looked at the Russians and said, I'm waiting for your answer and I'll wait until hell freezes over. You know, those were times in our history when things were decided that, that really probably saved all of our lives. And, and we are talking about and have moved in the direction of trashing all of it. And even, and this is, I'll tell you something that's amazing. You take somebody like Mattis, who's really one of your guys. Yeah. And that's one of the guys that we, my side, would never have liked. But the irony of it all is, is now we are defending 
Mattis against lunacy. Okay. And well, that's yeah, that, the that's, problem. No, Matt, Mattis is a is a defense secretary who is serving at the pleasure of President Trump. He Mattis doesn't run the joint. And you know what? To tell you the truth, uh, we we've, we've always had a system where that's why we have a civilian government, a civilian government. Well, that's true. So, 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 so Mattis doesn't I mean, and so that when the president says he knows more than Mattis, he probably does. Yeah, well, he knows that, more. Well, he knows more about. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> really? who's president. Yeah. Come on. He, who's no, president? No, look. It's it, it's the accidental president oh, who, is taken, who, is taken, who is taken who is taken who is going to be taken care of in three weeks, and then we'll no, then we'll, okay. then, then we'll discuss it. Here's the deal: I, I'll be happy. And again, you, you, you to talk about it. Then I, I, sure. the problem is though the, the the imprecision of of a lot of your arguments I think are kind of infuriating because you're you it's not it's not just calling President Trump mentally ill, which by the way actually. It's not a bad – let's just put it this way. It's not a bad thing to be mentally ill. No, I hope you know that, I've, right? I've said this repeatedly. I feel sorry for the fact that he is mentally ill. And and no, no, I, I and, and I'm very concerned that he get help because as I would for be for anybody. I'm not okay. kidding now. Well, okay, what exactly and, and by would the be- way, Mattis, Mattis and Tillerson and all the people in the White House have used language – Calling him names that I would never call him names. Well, that's because being, I don't call him. I don't call him a a, a a moron or an idiot or or any of the bad things with all the the profane language that they use against him, which which they use out of frustration. I don't do that. All I'm saying is a fact. The man is mentally ill and he truly needs help. As and again, I would like to see. Help for anyone right. in this okay. country let, who's mentally let me, ill. Let me, let me, let me, I don't look down on people okay, because they're be, mentally before, ill. Before, well, it seems like you do because no, you're I, using mental illness as a pejorative term. No, I'm using mental illness to say that he has got a serious okay. problem. Right. Okay, Mark, and, if, and, and, and let's get off of him. And no, I'm no, no, telling no. you, I, anybody I wanna, that wants anybody that wants to read about Europe and NATO and the United uh, Nations for nothing let's about Let's go Donald. read a book from 1941 no, written no, by I, No, no, you can read I, I'll George, send you my paper. Okay, 30-page yeah, paper okay. and you can read all, all right, about okay. it and then argue. Now let's, okay, I want to get it. Well, no. But it's not about it's not there's no name let's, calling, there's no attacking him. It's all about the United Nations, NATO, uh, uh, our strategy in the world in trying to deal with the problems that the world has, which is what we need. And look, I'd rather have Mattis and all those people that are really your guys. I'd rather have them on the other side and be arguing against them instead of having this, this lunacy go on where we are trying to support the very people that we are always against the, the uh, FBI, couple, the CIA, they, you know, all these people. Well, it's, but it's, it's weird to have you guys who are the, the, the counterculturalists right. all of a sudden all kind of like freaking out and, and defending these. Like, like, Isn't I, that crazy? I, I can't believe I old girl is out there talking about how our institutions are under threat. Like Americans go out and vote for institutions. They are Only under threat. Only swamp monsters could possibly be out there running as their platform. Save our institutions. Yeah, right. Our institutions have screwed us time and time again. Back to the mental illness thing, though, and then back to the NATO thing, and then I think you have to go. Yeah, I do. If you don't have to go, you're going no, anyway. I do have to go. But here's the thing. Let me uh, let me ask you, what, if you believe the president is mentally ill, what exactly is the illness? 
What, what exactly is, what, what okay. is diagnosis being Here, the illness? I, I, and I don't know, you know, again, not being a, 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 a psychiatrist, I can't tell you exactly. Oh, but, but well, no, no, wait, wait, no, no, I'm going to tell you You're what, I'm going to tell, tell you what he does. I'm no that, scientist, that, but I'm global warming's you, man-made. I'm going to tell you what he does that shows his mental illness. One minute, he says one thing, and the next minute, it's completely different. He doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't understand the questions that are put to him by people like Leslie Stahl and others. He just mouths off all kinds of conspiracy craziness that he, look, it's okay. You could probably get along with that if you're just a regular person. But if you're the president of the United States, it is extraordinarily dangerous for our institutions to have somebody so unstable that as you know, we've seen from the Woodward book and from the, the, the material that's come out after the Woodward book, the, the anonymous article in the post in the Washington Post, there there are people in our government who are fearful of what's going on because they they call him far worse. I'm just saying I think he's got severe mental illness, but but others are calling him all these names and they are fearful for the direction of our country. And these are your people, the conservatives. Right. You so have, you have you have you have first of all zero basis on which to make you. You have you well, already no, have Bob admitted. Woodward. Bob Woodward, even uh, even there, Bob Woodward's interviewing a bunch of people who uh, ha- many of them have denied uh, what okay. uh, they say he says. Woodward and says so, that the president is detached uh, from the truth. It doesn't, but that, but that's not true. Okay, okay. it's it's not happening. And here's the other thing. You, you mentioned that we are somehow trashing uh, all the whatever it is that, that our foreign policy in NATO. And again, you don't have any evidence that we're trashing anything oh. except for we. It's like it's like, uh, you know, we're 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 trashing uh, fair trade. No, we're not. We're renegotiating NAFTA, which is what we did successfully, by the way. Uh, this megalomaniac you're talking about actually went, managed to coalesce a group of Mexican and Canadian individuals and rework NAFTA. Yeah. So first more of all, people, how is that mentally ill and how is that trashing think, our More people who think policy? he's insane. The things they're saying about him are, are horrible also, and it really does damage to our country. And that's, that's the problem. I mean, I'd like to see him personally get help, but I also am concerned for the, the health of of our country, right? What, what, and, and our and, institutions, and what including you, the conservative ones. What can you tell ones? me about about the damage to the country? Uh, how is that working? What what damage is being done to the country? Thirty page paper. You can get it. No, I'll no, send it to okay, you any then, day okay, or you're, anybody. You're Mark standing at yahoo.com. Right, you're standing I'll flip here. It to you okay, right away. You're standing here. Why don't you just give me like a, a little? We're destroying the United Nations. We're destroying NATO. We're that's destroying dis- relationships with everybody the country, in the world. And, and, and you know something? We have been successful because we pay. We pay everybody in the world. We spend, and it's really a very small amount of our budget, but we pay big time for, for helping people to find a way to stop hating each other and killing each other. We stop the Germans and the French from killing each other. We stop the Russians from trying to blow up the world. 
we've stopped a lot of things. Right. And we were doing we a stopped, lot. And we, and we, and we, and we were really helping wait, things and with we China. Stopped, and we stopped the North Koreans no. from blowing up the world. Well, and, Mark, he I, loves, listen, he just, loves just, because, just because we are holding members of the UN, member countries of the UN, and just because accountable, and just because we are holding European nations and our allies accountable, believe me, the Italians and the Polish and all those guys love the United States of America. Not the elites. And, and, and what do you mean, not the elites? Not the elites. The, the elites, the, the, the elite scholars oh, and, and diplomats. The what do they and, know? And, okay. Well, I see, mean, and, and, and diplomats? And listen, you mean the ones driving around uh, but it, in their cars in D.C. running red lights yeah. when, and, and, and with immunity? But don't you think it's funny? That, I mean, and this is really, this is all about, it started, and this is with the greatness of the United States. It started with Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton. You could have put them both up here. You could have put Thomas Jefferson on that microphone, and you could have put Alexander Hamilton on this one, and it'd be the same argument. It's this, it, it, it never probably, ends. It, it actually, it, it would be maybe the same argument regarding, yes, it would be, what do you mean the same argument about government, what's yeah, the role of government? Absolutely. Yeah, of course it would be. No, no, actually, I, I, I'd rather, it's I'd, the beauty I, of I, this actually, country. I actually would rather have Madison uh, on yeah. my mic and Hamilton over there because Madison – just so happened to be the one that wrote the, the Constitution. So, well, if, if I'm him, number ten, all about factions. Great. Oh, no sure. Question. Yeah, I well, agree. And, if, and in fact, those guys detested parties. Yeah, listen, uh, political parties. One thing we and agree for good on. reason. Okay, so listen, I got to run, but I'm going to say this because we're going to agree on this. I love the United States of America, and so do you. You better see you later. You better, and you better love it or leave it. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm leaving here. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jamie. All right, buddy. See you. Mark Kaysen, everybody. Making everybody, driving everybody nuts. That's okay, though. It's a different perspective. It's a, it's a, uh, a different perspective on the world coming from Mark Kaysen. It's always something new coming from him. Today was a lot of brand newness, but not a lot of uh, substance. Right, Mark? Because you, you, you kept referring us to a 30-page paper and into some dusty old-ass book written by some guy in the 40s. Go back and read Hiram Johnson's 1940 rendition of Foreign Policy. Just the way we are. Good. If I had my shoes, I wouldn't want to be like you. We like the way we are. And if I had time, we to, like who we elected there in November of 2016. I don't care what you do. What you do. I'm not going to be like you. I wouldn't want to be like you. Ever. And we're not going to do it in the. We're not going to do it in November of the midterms either. We're going to show you exactly how much we love the way things are. So we just go back to the polls and reaffirm. Yeah. morning live from the discovery design truck care and manufacturing studio ddtrucking.com love these guys love the love the pogues 
Rick, Jerry, and the rest of the gang over there. They also happen to be with Arrowhead Building Supply. So if you're uh, doing stuff at your house or remodeling, go ahead and hit up Arrowhead Building Supply and uh, check that out. Yeah. Happy Monday, everybody. Glad to be back here in the beautiful confines of St. Louis, Missouri. But I got to tell you, New York was something else, man. New York's a great city. I was all over the place. I was in Soho. I was in Hell's Kitchen, Lower East Side. I was uh, <laughs> I was staying in a hotel near Chinatown, so I was uh, I'd walk around like I was like one day I was walking around looking for uh, I was walking around looking for you know, something to eat. I was like, going to get like a uh, uh, like a like a sandwich or something but everything was Chinese so you and, and everything was alive or at least newly dead so I'd go through there and I was like I was like bummer it's a bummer I don't have a kitchen where I can go cook because I'm looking at all these uh these blue crab and and, and I w- was looking at conch in in these in I think I'm gonna get kicked off if I play this if I play Alicia Keys I think I got kicked off last time for that. Well, I'll just play, let me play some Almond Brothers. You can go kick me off for Almond Brothers. <laughs> Kevin says New York City is a, is uh, is an open sewer. <laughs> it's not an open sewer, dude. It is. I mean, you, you got to be careful sometimes there, but it's. I, I I love I love New York City. Driving in it is a pain in the ass, but. Uh, but I will tell you though that I, so I'm walking around Chinatown just looking for some place and, and actually if you if you're looking for pizza by the slice you finally do find that in Chinatown but you're not going to find like a deli or anything really nearby so I'm walking around and I go to this one place and every little place in Chinatown is like the, the they they uh, supply the fish for a lot of the restaurants out there so you saw these buckets of crab would look really good. Buckets of conch. I don't know whether you guys have ever had conch. It's really good. Uh, small fish. These small, nice, uh, look like uh, maybe even anchovies or something like that. But had I actually been a seal or a, had a kitchen in my hotel, I would have been great. But I, I'm not a, I, I could, and I could have just let one of the Chinese guys dump the uh, fish in my open mouth while I just sat there. But couldn't do that. So I found the pizza by the slice. It was starving to death running around Friday. Do you guys also see the uh do you guys also see the the run in with with uh Tony Bennett <laughs> at Trump Tower? I put that up there, didn't I? I've got a lot more pictures to show you. I'll I'll put I just haven't had much time. I was uh there at the uh even going through LaGuardia was easy, but I'll tell, I got a story to tell you about that. But yeah, I had the uh, I had the pleasure. I was walking around. I was at, at Trump Tower. I had talked to a couple people from Fox News over there, and was at Trump Tower, and right there in the area, waiting area in the stairs, waiting for a car to come pick him up, was none other than Tony Bennett wearing his. Uh, Tracksuit, 
And uh, I, and I looked at him, and he was kind of small. I just thought Tony Bennett was a little bigger than that. And I, I just took my mom to go see Tony Bennett last year. It was a great concert too. I think it was. I think it was in March. I think actually it was. I can't remember whether what that was when it was. It was like two weeks before I was fired. But I went to see Tony Bennett, and I uh, back and so I, I when I walked up to him because you know these guys don't want to be bothered, uh, but I didn't care because <laughs> Tony Bennett was going to be bothered by me that day, but in a nice way. So I said, uh, hey, man. I didn't say, hey, man. I said, are you Tony Bennett? Tony Bennett, what's up? And he was kind of like, yes, I am. Because I, I think he, at that point, there was no way he was going to say, no, I'm not. Sorry. Kind of in the back of my mind, I thought, maybe he's not Tony Bennett. But he said, yeah, I am Tony Bennett. I go, I was just, I just went to see you last year. And uh, and and I, I love the show. I took my mom, who's just turning 90 this, in November, and and I saw your daughter up there. It was a little too much at Tony Bennett's daughter, to tell you the truth, but it's all right. I didn't tell him that. I thought your daughter really sang way too much, Tony, and just really would rather have heard. No, I didn't say that. But and she's actually a good a good uh, a good singer, but but it's. Uh, but but I I really uh, loved it. It was it was a good little bit. So I asked him to do a sel- selfie with me, and and then his uh, person who's who's working with him was like, "You better hurry because the car's here." I go, "Okay." So I got a, I got a picture with Tony Bennett. And it was fun, and it was fun being at the uh, at Fox News with uh, Brian Kilmeade. Kilmeade's a great guy. He's coming to town. I believe in a couple of weeks, he said he was coming to town on Friday. I think it's a 97-1 event, so I'm probably not going to be there. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I'm going to... Hey, everybody, what's up? I'm not going to do that, but I might try to see... I might try to get him on the show uh, just to promote the event, because I don't, I don't mind promoting a 97-1 event, you know, and the people still work there. Uh, are good people. I'm not. I'm, so I'm not going. I'm not trying to destroy 97.1. And if and, and Brian's a good guy, so I told him I said you you, uh, you can come. I mean, if you're coming into town, I'll promote your event and and uh, and and do it that way and and have your uh, event um, promoted, even if it's a 97.1 event. I'll still promote it. As long as I get Brian on the air, I like Brian a lot. And so and he was really accommodating to me. He's really been a good guy. And uh, so was Judge Napolitano, who just happened to be out of town that, that day, so I couldn't see him. And so it was uh, it was great. But, but, but Brian's a good guy, and I, I hope maybe you could even uh, maybe appreciate, send some appreciation his way. I don't know whether on Twitter or something, and just let him know. Uh, and, 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 how, and, and he, he didn't have to, you know, listen, he's working at 97. His show is on 97.1. And he didn't have to have me up there at all, considering that I'm no longer at 97.1. And he didn't have to do anything for me. And yet uh, had me up there, rolled out the, the red carpet for me. So I really, really appreciated that. The uh, flights were good. I, I Delta, I really like Delta Airlines. Delta Airlines is a, is a really good outfit. Um, I, I prefer to do that. Uh, and yeah, Richard's like, don't worry about destroying 97 one. They're doing just fine with that themselves. Well, uh, and and Father Tom says he just listens to Kill Me on 97 one. And yeah, you know, it's a good idea. 
but yeah, they certainly destroy themselves firing me. They haven't made a budget in God knows how long. Anyway, so Delta Airlines is a, is, a, is a great airline. I didn't get anything for free from them, so I'm not promoting them because I'm I'm not you know I'm not just saying that uh, that because I got something from them. I actually got nothing from them, but I did. I do like the airline. I like the idea of having an assigned seat, and we just uh, fly up there in the old stretch jets, and and uh, that's it's good. And it's um, but but I but I will tell you that sometimes it's like it never fails. You know, you're going through security, and I'm going through security and 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 doing all this stuff. And boy, I'll tell you, they really uh, they really. Uh, like gave me the the once over man. I don't know what it was they thought I was packing or something, but boy, I, I had to go through. I I had to go through the whole uh, pat down search and everything going to New York. But so so they got me. Uh, I got I did everything right. I even pulled out everything and I did everything right. And uh, they pulled me over and I had to do the whole you know pat down thing with the, the hands and everything. They had to go through everything on me. Um, I don't know why I didn't. I didn't look. You know, um, wasn't wearing anything suspicious, but they had me. I had to go through all that thing. Then I was walking to the airplane, and I, I, uh, some, and I heard on the overhead, you know, um, you uh, to the uh, person who left their belt at security, please come back and retrieve your belt. I'm like, oh, that's me. Forgot my belt. But yeah, they were looking. But so then, so invariably, then there's this one guy, okay, who's who's stopping everybody, who's who's has everybody up, you know, waiting on the lines. Yeah, Dan flew flew on Braniff. Remember, Braniff had the uh, they had the leather seats. Braniff Airlines. They 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 they, they, they bragged about having their leather seats. I will tell you it was cool because if I used American Express to pay, so I so I was allowed to use the uh, Delta Airlines Flying Club there in uh, in New York, which is pretty cool. I got to the airport. I, I woke up late. I almost late. My my flight was to leave at twelve. I woke up suddenly at ten thirty in the morning. I'm freaking out. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna be late for this airplane, but. Boy, they zoomed me to LaGuardia. I got right through, and I was on the plane. I, was even, I actually had 20 minutes to spare and a couple of glasses of wine before I hopped on the plane at the Delta Airlines Club. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm going through security, and there's always just one guy. There's always somebody who's, who's just way overly self-involved. It's always someone who just doesn't want to follow the rules or do whatever, and they got to hold everybody up. Because, you know, they're just, there's always, God, that's the one thing about flying that I can't stand sometimes is there are people who are these uh, self-involved, it's, it's, it's really obnoxious. People who just don't get into the, you know, the rhythm of things. And so they flag this one guy and they're pulling this stuff out of his, out of his carry-on luggage. He started to carry this stuff on, a, on the airplane. Because Delta charges you, or the airlines charge you for bags. So some people, instead of actually just, like, checking a bag, they'll try to bring some big-ass bag onto the airplane. 
and have to have the flight attendant smash the overhead over it, and, and it doesn't work. And then, then, the, then guess what? The airline has to then accommodate the person because now suddenly they're on the airplane and they've got their big bag. And so, of course, you're going to have to put it someplace in the back or whatever. And so there they got they avoided the check bags, but they're just you know causing disruption. So. They go. Th- um, they're going through this guy's bag while we're all standing there because because he's in the line. They haven't taken him to another area like they took me. And they pull this out of his the, one of these out of his bag. A, fr- a friggin' drill out of the guy's ba- uh, out of the guy's carry on bag. And we're like, you got to be kidding me, man. You, you have one of these, uh, it's a, first of all, it's a lithium-ion battery drill. And you've got this, this thing, this drill in your carry-on bag. Well, first of all, that's probably not going to work out. I guess you can, you can carry it. I guess you can, can you bring a drill on, the, on an airplane? I don't think you can. Gotta say, oh, I'm gonna just bring this under the airplane. I was like, they're like, no, you're not. Yeah, it's a, it's a drill. I mean, you gotta know, even when you look at it, that you're that you're that you uh, that that. And I think it had, I think his claim was it was it didn't have the battery attached to it. So he thought maybe if he just took the battery off the drill and had the battery and the drill in the same carry on, that that would be okay. They took this out. Then they took something else out, like a screwdriver or a, me- or a, a metal screwdriver or something. And I'm like, and here's what I thought the the minute that all this was happening. I thought to myself, this dude's going to be on my airplane. I just guarantee it. Of all that, because, you know, not everybody, everybody being checked is going to a variety of different airlines and everything else. I go, that guy's probably going to be on my airplane. And now I'm going to have to watch his ass the entire time I'm on the airplane. Because if he gets up and starts wandering around, I'm taking him down. Yep. He's going he's gonna to be, he's going to be on my airplane. I guarantee it. So then I go through security and after being checked and, you know, I, I, I uh, and, and so I, we go through the checking process, and I'm being I'm being checked like I'm, you know, like some kind of like I'm I I, I, did, I don't um, I I must I might I might have well been wearing a um, I love the attacks of 9/11 on my T-shirt the way they treated me I don't know why I don't care though you know flying is a privilege not a right and the these people have a duty to protect Americans and so uh that's that's how it rolls so i don't mind being pat i don't i don't take it personally uh and i i, I say pat down the grandmas too i don't care pat a baby down you never know what people are going to do so you shouldn't uh you shouldn't uh, you're lucky you're flying and and, and just if the airlines just imagine if they chose like blackwater to do their security i guarantee you you'd be naked by the time you reach security there anyway so we go through uh go through security and uh and then we're wandering around of course the the all the gates and stuff and i see this guy wandering around and i'm like 
I and he oh I go oh look oh good he's probably not going to be on my plane I don't have to worry about him too much and so uh, I go over to grab a glass of wine and I sit there and I'm watching over near there because it's right near where we're boarding the airplane so I'm looking over there and drill man sits right down in the area <laughs> I go that dude is on my plane. <sighs> Oh, I'm not really, and I'm not really paranoid, but it was, I just thought it was funny. I said, I knew this, I know this guy's going to be on my airplane. Always happens. The people causing the most trouble wind up on my airplane. Anyway, he, he turned out to be a fine guy. It was, it, was, it was all good. I actually went on the way back. I uh, sat with a woman. Let me get her name down for a minute. By the way, this is a great song. Better not pull me off for this. Probably one of my favorite songs. The live one is even better. Latricia Allen. So she was coming back from seven weeks in New York, and she was there. In a, there's a play up there in New York. Called Antigone, and I, I think it's and, and, and it and it is about Ferguson, the Michael Brown thing. And I didn't really get into it with her about Michael Brown. Like we didn't get into discussion about Michael Brown or anything else. But I sat there all all the whole flight with her. We talked the entire time about stuff. Very nice lady, very nice lady, Latricia Allen. But she was up there seven weeks. I have to check it. She sent me a copy. She wound up texting me after that a copy of the uh, airplane uh, of the of the New York Times article about Antigone. Have you all heard about this at all? I think it's it's a Greek tragedy. Antigone obviously is a Greek tragedy, and so I think they're trying to uh, insinuate, I guess, that the Michael Brown thing was somewhat of a Greek tragedy. I don't know how they shoehorn that in there, but we she and I didn't get into a discussion about all that kind of stuff, you know. She's a very, just a very sweet lady, and we just chatted the entire time. She's back in St. Louis. I'll put a picture of her. She's very sweet. And I think that New York Times article, I can put the link up there. And uh, going to check that out. I did also have a chance. Uh, Katie took me to, uh, to the World Trade Center Memorial, which was uh, really amazing. I don't know whether any of you have been there yet uh oh by the way before i get into that i'm not any i'm not necessarily any better regarding the carry-on stuff because i think i could tell this story now because i think well so anyway i carry a gun obviously and uh we were going to disney world and obviously i i took the gun out i didn't try to take the gun on my carry-on and i wasn't trying to take the gun to florida so I did, I, but I did, uh, so I took the gun out, and then uh, we go through security. On, we're going to Disney World, taking the kids to Disney World, and I get to Disney World, and I'm rummaging through my carry-on bag, my, the, you know, my little, this, this bag, actually, the, 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 the uh, leather bag I have that has my computer and stuff in it, and I, I wound up looking through it, rummaging through it, and lo and behold, I come across like eight thirty-eight caliber bullets 
in my carry in, in what I carried on the plane with me. Turn your love my way. Um, say I found like I was like thirty-eight caliber bullets all throughout my 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 pack. I was bringing on the plane. Can you bring bullets on a plane? I wouldn't imagine you could. I mean, as long as they're not in a gun, I think. But I would I would I wouldn't imagine you could. Like, if you can't bring a drill, I'm sure you can't bring a. I mean, because you could. Some of these people can figure out. Ways I'm sure to turn a bullet just by itself into something. I don't. I don't think you can carry bullets on a plane. So I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, how did I get through security? How did they not see these bullets in my bag? And if they did, that surprises me. Is it okay to carry bullets onto a plane with you? But you got to know what I did. I took those bullets out of my pack. My my. Uh, pack and uh, and threw them away in the, in the Disney World trash can. Can you imagine that they found bullets in a Disney World trash can? Bullets in a Disney World trash can are found, according to the Orlando Sentinel. It's like, the, the, the terrorists are testing us. I'm like, I'm just, I need to just get rid of them. Because I can't imagine having having gone on to, uh, to uh, back. I, I didn't think I was going to get away with taking him back through I wouldn't, wasn't going to risk that. Because just imagine had I been flagged. And, and do you guys know? Oh, Chrissy says, oh, no. <laughs> Let me see. I have a friend that did the same exact thing by accident and is permanently banned from flying for life. <laughs> Lord. I hope nobody finds out then. Well, they can't. They can't. Well, I guess they can. They maybe come back. Oh, we heard that you did that, and now we, uh, you know. So anyway, I um, I did go ahead and and uh, and and take them out of the bag and throw them away. But boy, that's a that I, I can just imagine. I'm on my way to Disney World. You imagine the 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 crap I would have had to take and that the, the, well and and how I would have you know how disruptive that would have been for me to be. Uh, to, to, for me to be sitting there. Why aren't we going to Disney World? Because daddy had bullets in his bag, children. That's why. Like, oh. They would have gone anyway. They would have gone without me. You kidding me? They would have they, they said, you, you, you stay with the, the, the Lambert police here. We're going to Disney World. That, that would have happened. And I wouldn't have uh, argued with the, with the thing. It was the stupidest thing. But yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, didn't know that about bullets. So if they found me, they ban you from flying. Accidentally? I mean, Lou Dobbs's wife accidentally had a firearm. She didn't get uh, banned from from flying. Anyway, that's my story about about going. But but the the, uh, the World Trade Center Memorial really is uh, amazing. So uh, where the twin towers are, they. Uh, they had a uh, each twin tower. I hope I'm not telling you something you, you, like it's already you, you already know. I probably am. A lot of you have already been there, but they have the, uh, the where each twin tower was. They have these fountains, and the fountains go 
inward. So they so they so they they fall down into the ground. You know, kind of symbolically, obviously. And then they have the names of all the people who died in those towers all around on the granite there. And it's really amazing to see the uh, amazing to see the, the pictures of this falling water. So it's a couple of levels. There's the water falls into this one basin. Then it falls into another smaller basin, square basin. And it's uh, really fascinating and beautiful. And uh, very solemn. But you go there, and that's exactly where the towers are. But they've built a brand new one, uh, and it's and it's uh, this brand new building. It's beautiful, and uh, they've got. It's just been. It's just gorgeous. And and then the memorial is really uh, pretty cool there. I've got some. There's some people taking their pictures in front of it, smiling and stuff. I'm like, what do you do? Why are you doing that? But I guess. Everybody's got different strokes, I guess, for that kind of stuff. But they were, and I looked at them and I was like, that's really interesting that you're taking your picture in front of this thing as a tourist smiling in front of the, I don't know. Everybody's got their different ways of uh, dealing with stuff. So, uh, Stan liked the memorial. Stan, I was going to go, I, I know you, um, the, uh, you, you and you and you guys had something going on up in New York, buddy. You had a show that you were inviting me to see, and I never got a hold of you because I just I was so busy uh, the entire weekend with Katie and all that kind of stuff. So we uh, we I couldn't I couldn't reach out to you, but I will eventually because I know you guys are uh, good people, and hopefully we're going to have you on Radio Free Almond, the network, at some point. Point. Uh, there's also near the nine eleven memorial. Uh, there is the. Uh, there's the survivor tree. I don't know whether you guys uh, ever knew about the survivor tree. And so the tree, there's this tree that a- after everything happened there, there was this tree that still had leaves on it and showed signs of life. That it was a it was a uh, tree right there at at the you know and and, it, and they re- they what they did was they took the tree out. And then have it almost uh, nursed back to life. And then put it back into the spot where they found it. And that tree is called the survivor tree. It's very, very uh, beautiful and, and interesting. And, and uh, I did, I'd check it out if I were you. I'll put some pictures of this up on the... Uh, uh, up on the on the on the Facebook page, so you can see them. But the survivor tree is really fascinating. So they took it out, uh, had it nursed back to life at a, at a New York nursery, and then and then returned it to the ground. And it's and it's called the survivor tree. Fascinating stuff. So anyway, it was fun to be uh, in New York and appreciate your indulgences regarding the lack of a stream. Uh, so hopefully uh, you'll uh, you're okay with all that. Uh, and and we're back today. And then also we're going to be tomorrow night. And I don't know, Matt, were we going to try to do a stream from there too or just Facebook? Oh, we're going to try to stream from there too? Okay. So Matt's working on that now uh, with with the – because at first I thought it was only going to be a Facebook deal. But since Matt's uh, working harder, extra for to, to make it happen with a stream, we're going to have a stream thanks to Matt's work uh, from the Lemp Mansion. So we're, 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 I'm spending the night with the haunted STL people 
HauntedSTLTours.com. We're spending the night in the Lemp Mansion and uh, the haunted house of St. Louis. And we're going to have some videos and stuff like that and see what see, see what kind of happens overnight. And then in the morning, we're going to have a regular show. But it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be from the Lamp, Lamp Mansion. So we're going to have a three-hour show, both Facebook and also the, uh, the, the stream. So we're going to do as much of a show as we can possibly do for you guys from the Lamp, Lamp Mansion. And that'll be our Halloween show. I've never actually done a Halloween show before. And, I mean, you're not going to – there's not going to be a lot of, oh, we recorded this voice overnight. It's not going to be a lot of that kind of juice, but it'll still be interesting to uh, – to do it. Amy, you like this one? Good morning. Yes, yes, yes. I love it too, Amy. Thank you so much. So anyway, uh, Lacey Reinhardt and Mama Kay are going to be there. And Tim, I think, from, from HauntedSTLTours.com is going to be there. And we're going to have the whole place to ourselves Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. And they're, all, they're going to have a show on Radio Free Almond when we do the Radio Free Almond 2.0. So Mama Kay and Lacey and the rest of the gang. And also Lacey says that he, she has some information about the Lemp Mansion that a lot of people don't really know. Kind of debunking some of the past garbage regarding the Lemp Mansion. So this is going to be kind of a uh, good one. It's not going to be your like typical Halloween paranormal show. It's going to be better as far as I'm concerned. So, anyway, up in New York, yeah, I was glad to see Tony Bennett. And had I ran into Robert De Niro, I would have been, nah, I don't know. I don't do that. I don't, I don't I'm not, you know, we're, we don't do that. We don't get in people's faces and scream at them. I don't care whether it's Robert De Niro or anybody. That's just not what we do. That's what the left does. And... Richard says it should take the leg lamp to the mansion. Maybe I should. It's kind of in that old old school turn of the century style with the uh, frilly, the frilly lampshade. Could probably do, get away with that. And see what happens. <laughs> oh, you think you think it would uh, draw out all these uh, the crazy ghosts out there, the, the handsy ghosts? So anyway, there's the Alec Baldwin show. Come on, really? The Alec Baldwin show on ABC on Sunday night? I mean, come on. These guys will these guys will trash any conservative show out there and these guys will and yet they still they air a left-wing lunatics show like Alec Baldwin the crazy thing about Baldwin is that he's actually a very talented guy and and could actually be a pretty interesting person if he weren't just such a 10 year old about the uh, about 
Donald Trump. Of course, now I say 10-year-old. It's like, my daughter's 10. She's going to turn 11. So I don't want to disparage 10-year-olds, you know. But yeah, ABC on, on, uh, on Sunday night, the Alec Baldwin show. And so guess who, is, guess who his first guest is? Well, it just happens to be Robert De Niro. So if you can figure out this, how this insufferable little duo winds up together on, on the Alec Baldwin show, is, it, you, it goes about is the way you would expect it to go. And again, I, I, I didn't see De Niro on the streets in New York. Wouldn't have scri- I, I don't see that's not what we do. Like, like if and believe me, we could do it, and maybe some people say we should do it, but we wouldn't. Most of us in the common sense conservative world wouldn't think about confronting somebody on a sidewalk, or for that matter, wandering into a restaurant while they're having dinner and yelling it at them. I, I, I we, we, we don't do that kind of stuff. We don't we don't we don't go outside and wait outside of rallies for liberals and harass and beat and spit on these supporters there. We we don't do that and there's no one on the record as having done that. We don't do that. We we don't you not you're not going to see one of us walking up to a ball field inhabited by members of the Democratic Party and opening fire on them. You're just not going to see that. You never have. You're not going to see us uh, walking up to uh, a a politician who is from the other party at a state fair and and, and yelling at the person holding a knife. We're not going to do that. In fact... Let's go back in in, uh, time here, and let's wander through some of the uh, police blotters. And and can you find anybody, any example of a conservative either threatening somebody or uh, hurting somebody or screaming at somebody in a restaurant? I mean, is there there, uh, any example of that at all? Or how? Or how about a? Uh, how about a, any any conservative or Republican Hollywood star? Have you have you seen any one of those individuals saying cussing out the president of the United States? I mean, we're talking about a guy, by the way, like Obama, who, to me, policy wise, was very destructive to this country. But I don't. I don't ever recall even talking about President Obama's personality. I mean, there were times when he would give a speech, and he had his little arrogant kind of, you know, he have his have his uh, chin up in the in the air, talk about how horrible America, you know, that stuff. Yeah, that that bothered me a little bit. But we we didn't have this kind of visceral hate for the guy. I mean, we didn't have this kind of like you know. We can't live in this country anymore with Obama still around or that kind of stuff. We didn't have these temper tantrums that everybody seems to have. But, you know, we, we, it, it's, we, we were just not like that. 
In fact, if you really want to get right down to it and really be uh, and really be crazy about it, the only people we see I mean, as is there anybody? Well, believe because believe me, if there was, you'd see it. Is there anybody who's ever been arrested wearing a Trump shirt? That's disgusting, but I got to do it sometimes. Is there, is there anybody who uh, who has ever been arrested, like a mugshot of anybody wearing a Trump T-shirt? Make America Great Again hat or a Make America Great Again shirt? Has there anybody uh, anybody been on the record and, and uh, as of committing a crime wearing one of those? Because to my knowledge, if there was one, believe me, it'd be all over the newspaper, right? So if you go to the smoking gun, and we've we've uh, yeah we've we've uh, we've uh, done this before on this show, but I think it's funny. If you go and Matt, maybe you can find it and, and pop it on there as a link. If you go to the smoking gun and look at the Obama mugshots. Where they've got a whole page. Well, they have, I think they have two pages of people in mugshots with Obama shirts on for committing a variety of different kinds of crimes. Some of them vandalism. Some of them. So even when Obama was president, some people with Obama shirts were still vandalizing things. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't happy. And of course, you know, all of them or most of them are black but that doesn't really that's not really relevant i'm just saying they're obama supporters and they're and they are wearing t-shirts in mug shots there's a whole two pages of it you can't you don't find that with make america great again shirts that's all you need to know and i'm sorry and it's not obama's fault that these people are the way they are i'm just i'm just saying as a as a matter of fact that's the case so then uh We've got De Niro. So De Niro's on the show. And this whole interview pretty much goes the way you would expect an interview to go when you have two liberal guiltists like Robert De Niro and Alec Baldwin sitting there and talking. And, and of course, it's more nonsense, uh, much like the nonsense we hear even from Mark Casey, who calls him mentally ill and all that kind of stuff. But De Niro, uh, you know, these people... It's funny because these people are offended by Donald Trump. And it's kind of like, and so what? That's that's just kind of too friggin' bad for you, isn't it, that you're offended by Donald Trump? I mean, can you imagine if, if any of us went out there and go, we're offended by Barack Obama? It's like th- most people, even conservatives, would say, yeah, but 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 yes. being offended is not like typically um, something that you would have recourse for. I mean, you're offended, so so what? Go vote and change the outcome. But the idea of somebody actually taking somebody personally, that's kind of snowflakey and whiny. And I'm not quite sure even any of us in the throes of what we were doing were offended by Barack Obama, the mere existence of Barack Obama. We, we went after his issues, his, his, his uh, policy issues. So Matt went ahead and put, uh, put up the smoking gun mug shots in there. I mean, come on. It's kind of gratuitous and a cheap shot, but, you know, 
I'm just say- saying we just don't do what some of these other people do. We don't temper tantrum or whatever. Our tantrums, if they're if you want to call it that, take place in the uh, in the voting booth. So anyway, here's Alec Baldwin and Robert De Niro, yes. just boo hooing over President Trump. These are grown men who clearly you'd think would have better things to do. Or, or, or more pressing things to talk about than sitting there both, you know, whining to each other about, about President Trump and how offended they are by President Trump. And uh, it hasn't always gone as way, the way I hoped it would go. And I find well, people uh, who... You know, I- Look at these two guys trying to have a serious conversation. Like we're like we're like 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 we're like we're like we're supposed we're watching like William F. Buckley or something, you know, and they're sitting in this they're sitting in this thing. First of all, this is the first show. So I don't know how Alec Baldwin's going to keep moving with this thing because he's not really a very good interviewer. So I, I don't know what they're doing here, except just being a couple of grown whiny babies about President Trump. I respect people now who have. Uh, have gone all those years and had great success, whether they were actually great actors and their acting is what made the movie great or not. It didn't really matter. But a lot of those people, they kept their mouth shut. Yeah. And they just said, you you want to know me, you want to see me, you stand in line, you buy a ticket, now you download, whatever. They don't give their opinions. And lately you you have been giving your opinion. And and you didn't seem that way before. What changed? I uh... oh yeah yeah and so when when you ask what changed and so what you're going to hear from this old craphead De Niro and I I I liked his movies I think he he's a little you know he's he's not like he, he's he's a, he's a little much sometimes you know like I like an Al Pacino I like I like I like those movies. Al Pacino movies are. He's from that era, you know, the Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro kind of era there. Raging Bull was a great movie. Taxi Driver was a great movie. Obviously, the Godfather movies are all, uh, well, not all of them, but at least the first one's amazing. But De Niro apparently just believes that that, that, uh, we care about whether or not he's in a state of depression over President Trump. So anyway, I'll go back a little bit in here. What changed? I, um, I'm so offended by this person. See, these people have no substance to their arguments. They have no substance, only emotion. Which is why they shoot people and threaten to stab people and beat people up in the streets and wait for people outside of uh, rallies and that kind of thing. I will tell you, though, what really is going to be a tipping point, and, and, and if this happens, then all bets are off as far as I'm concerned. Your ass shows up at a polling place to pull that kind of stuff. Then you've put us into the third world, and then it's on. So you, you keep doing whatever you're doing. You can yell at people at restaurants. Your asses show up at a polling place, and it's over. I guarantee you. That is something that we won't tolerate. So, but, but that's coming. 
you, it, it kind of started. Remember when the when the Black Panthers stood outside the polling place with their bats and stuff like that? Remember that? And and nobody, of course, it didn't hardly get any coverage except in the conservative media. But it's like this is outrageous to have because they're guarding the they're guarding the the polling places. The Black Panthers were. That that'd be me. That'd be I. I do the middle finger action there. I'm not normally uh, that explosive in those situations. But you, but you're you standing up looking at me like I owe you money, and as I'm walking into a polling place with a bat in your hand and your little Black Panther beret or whatever the hell it is, I'm telling you, you can kiss my rear end. I'll tell it right to your face and dare you to hit me with your stupid little baton. But yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't put up with that for for a second. But that happened, and and, and the and and remember when uh, Bob McCullough, who I actually like Bob McCullough, but Bob McCullough and Jennifer Joyce, remember uh, during the 2012 election, they 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 were actually people who were who were looking out for any mistruths about about President Obama. I can't remember whether that was 2008 or 2012. But remember, they were talking about how they were going to be. They were going. They were. They, these were prosecutors. Remember, like we're going to look out for any lies or anything that that, that might be. Uh, you better tell the truth when you're. And I was like, how is it possible that Bob McCullough and Jennifer Joyce would allow themselves and their offices to be used in that formulation? Remember that. It was. It was just. It was outrageous it was so anti-american it was outrageous but anyway here's de niro and we've got to do we've got to listen to watch de niro method act again right there with alec baldwin and 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 we have to listen to how he's so offended i'm so offended by this person um and by the republicans in general and how they behaved and we see it with the kavanaugh thing going on right now what what Republicans and how they behaved and the Kavanaugh thing going on right now? What what can we can we ask for a little precision when you're saying this stuff? Like like what exactly is it that offends you here? And when I see him, I know what he is, and he knows what he is because everything he says about other people—you're a loser, you're a this, you're a that—is everything he's saying about himself. Jeb Bush was a loser. Mitt Romney was a loser. Lindsey Graham at the time was a loser, although I like Lindsey Graham a lot more than I did before. So these people were called losers after he was attacked by them as an individual who somehow was a uh, 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 an outlier, a guy who didn't belong in the, in the stream of things. And, 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 and I don't know who else he's talking about regarding being a loser. The, the losing New York Times, those, those people, those hacks there. Yeah, I mean, you know. But, but, and, and is it projecting? Not really. If you're a winner and you're calling somebody who you beat a loser after they get butt hurt for getting beat by you, you're not projecting at that point. You're basically calling what they are. Anyway, why am I arguing with, with, with Robert it's, De Niro? He's so transparent. He's projecting. He thinks he's on The Apprentice. And that show made him yeah. 
tricked people. Tricked people to thinking that he actually knows what he's talking about. He's a crack executive. Because, you know, Lorne Michaels called me and said, you want to play Trump on SNL? And I said, of course I don't want to play Trump on SNL. What's what's more of a dead end? Oh, God, I mean, I got so many other things I want to do with my life. That's not a dead end. Trump's the best thing that ever happened to Saturday Night Live. Are you kidding me? Here's a guy, and these are guys who clearly are tone deaf and have and and just simply do not get it when it comes to what Americans are thinking, whatever. And in fact, you know what? I even, as a Trump supporter, and I don't watch it all, a lot of Saturday Night Live, but I like it when, when when people make fun of President Trump. Sometimes it's it's funny. Sometimes actually, it, it is it is pretty funny like or when they when they did the whole Kavanaugh thing there were some people who were offended by what's his face doing Ka- doing Kavanaugh but I thought it was actually pretty funny it made me it made me like Kavanaugh even more after that and I realized that 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 these guys that wasn't necessarily their intention but I kind of like Kavanaugh even even more after that it's kind of like when Hillary Clinton used to have these ads that were uh, all these menacing with this menacing music. President Trump wants to do this. President Trump wants to do that. President Trump is going to do this. I'm going, that sounds great. I'm going to vote for him even more now. Thank you, Hillary, for reminding me what President Trump is going to do. And even though it's, it's, uh, it's bad, it, it, the soundtrack is some dirgy, Requiem from Mendelssohn or whatever it happens to be. Uh, I still think it sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Thank you, Hillary, for supporting President Trump. Anyway, they, they wrap right it up now. here. And of course, as everyone can imagine, he said, it's three shows. It's three shows in late September into October. Then the election is going to come and he's going to be gone. And then the unthinkable <laughs> happened. But, uh, <laughs> yep, the unthinkable happened. And, and now you see how all these people are... Uh, are, are going crazy. And, and now you see why everybody is now temper tantruming and beyond because they just simply can't stand what's happening. So they're, uh, they're going out of their way. You see what's happening in Portland and beyond. They're going out of their way to simply try to cause chaos. And, and you can tell they're a little quiet now. Um, and a little, uh, little more quiet than normal now because they they could see the writing on the wall. They're actually trying to, they're they're trying to be more quiet because they're 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 seeing through the polls that their temper tantrums and their actions are really driving people away. They still have this little nugget. Cation tried to promote that a little bit. They still had this little nugget. Of uh, of this uh, uh, of this 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 suburban white women vote thing, this fantasy they all have that suburban white women are all going to suddenly start voting for left wing loons because they're because of Kavanaugh. It's like I still, they still have that kind of to kind of suck the thumb about, but that's not that's not even going to happen. So anyway, this whole. Question of the news media will refuse to cover these mobs. And I'm talking about the mobs that are appearing at the Supreme Court. I'm talking about the mobs that are, you know, appearing in Portland. I'm talking about the mobs that are, that were attacking Trump supporters. Those people, they refuse to describe them as mobs, but they will describe you as a mob if you dare 
partake in a chant of lock her up. And by the way, speaking of locking her up, how's this investigation going of the perjury uh, possibilities regarding Dr. Ford and the rest of these guys? How's that going, by the way? Just wondering. You know, Rich, Donna talks about fueling the resistance. And, and, and George Stephanopoulos is talking to Rich Lowry. He's with the National Review. And this is where the mob discussion takes place. The president's now calling that mob rule. Is that an effective closing argument? I, I think it's an effective and true argument. I mean, these were mobs roaming the Capitol, uh, chasing Ted and Heidi Cruz out of a restaurant. And it's really served the whole Kavanaugh controversy to gin up the Republican base. And in- Good for Rich Lowry, by the way. You know, keep keep in mind, Rich Lowry uh, was on the uh, was on uh, the, the National Review uh, back in the day, and they would have the uh, they'd have the entirety of the uh, of the whole uh, Never Trump movement out there. And Trump must be stopped, was what they said. Trump must be stopped. Rich Lowry was the number one guy with the National Review when all those uh, conservacrats decided they were going to go off and. Uh, and uh, and and try to derail President Trump, but now Lowry's back, and he seemed to be, he seems to be uh, a well trained puppy now, uh, as he should be, because his future lies in this Trump administration anyway. Uh, and and Trump has actually modified the Republican Party. In my sense, is that he's widened the Republican Party out. As you know, Chris G, steamfitter Chris here, uh, it has a new view of conservatives who other who've in the past like people like rich lowry these guys obsessed over all the social issues and you know you know stopping gay marriage and all that it's like what are you people doing the the american people want you to leave them alone and, and and they want you to focus on economics they want you to focus on jobs and prosperity and you know to tell you the truth if democrats and this is a little secret but if you Democrats stop talking about all this other stuff and stop calling people racists and stop doing this, if you talked about economic prosperity and getting on board with President Trump's economic policies, you might just get elected. You might just get elected. There are a lot of people who aren't real happy with some Republicans out there who have been, uh, who have been disparaging of President Trump just for their own gain. And, and so there are a lot of people who there are a lot of people who voted for Trump who might vote for Repo- Democrats if you would just talk about the economy and about jobs and about what's important to Americans who are just trying to mind their own business and they and they don't want to be divided anymore. The politicians and the news media, their main currency is division. They want you to fight. They want they they like the idea of people beating each other's heads in on the street like they like they did in Portland because they can fundraise on it. They can report on it. They can blame people for causing it, all that kind of stuff. And they can they can say all these things about President Trump and how he's dividing the country. Well, not really. He's when they call him divisive, that just means that they don't agree with him. They'll always call people divisive and they'll agree with them. But one thing is for sure, both of our parties are guilty of, uh, of trying to divide people. And, and, and that's been a problem age old here. And the minute we break out of that, and I think we kind of did in President Trump's world when we voted for him, 
we kind of broke out of that thing. We we kind of looked at the Republican Party and say and said, um, seems to me a lot of you running against President Trump keep losing elections. Hey, Jeb Bush, um, it seems to me that you kind of are just another Republican party guy and not even really a true conservative. And, and, and we're like looking at these guys kind of saying, um, yeah, you know what? You kind of have screwed us for the past uh, two decades. We haven't had any tax reform. We haven't had any immigration reform. Our unemployment is low. You, you, you were so lazy. Barack Obama was able to beat you all so swiftly all the time with his energetic campaigns and everything else. You kind of you're you're kind of uh, not helping us. Oh, no, we have helped you. We have helped you. If you elect Donald Trump, the Republican Party will be ruined forever. And we're like, huh, that sounds like a good idea. Like, what do you mean? No, look, over there, it's Hillary Clinton. She's going to take your guns away. And they're going to be having abortions in the the gutters of of America. And gays, people will be marrying dogs after a while. Don't you understand? If we allow gays to get married, then what's, what's going to prevent the person from marrying a horse? We're like, what? What are you, that's your thing? Yes, otherwise, if you vote for President Trump, all that's going to happen. It's like, because he's going to lose to Hillary Clinton. We're like, no, he's not. There's no way he can lose to Hillary Clinton. Are you kidding me? There's no way. And that's how it worked. Remember, it's kind of like in the movies, and I can't think of a movie right now that would, uh, that would, uh, I could I could cite right now, but the uh, but the uh, the mo- you know how in like in some movies like you have this leader like uh, you have the villain and the, and uh, maybe it's like a Disney movie like you could I could take Ursula or something else or uh, I don't know the is it the witch and the wizard of Oz whatever like but there's always like the villain and the villain has all these minions and so. Suddenly, somehow, like the, at the end of the movie, you know, the minions kind of realize that their villain master is actually bad and weak and 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 uh, not helping them, and so they suddenly realize uh, that the that the uh, that that the the villain is is more harmful to them than than good for them, and then suddenly they turn on the villain, right? You guys could probably think of the movies. I can't right now. But they turn on the villain. And the villain's like, no, no. Uh, keep in mind, uh, those people out there, when they get you, I'm, I'll help you. I'm your, I'm your, your fearless leader. I'll, I'll be there for you. Don't, no, no, don't. And, then, and they start to try to blame and, and get their minions fired up about something else over there because they don't want the, vill- the, the minions to pay attention to their weaknesses. But the, mil- the, the minions keep creeping towards the monster. The vill- and the minions finally attack the person and take him out. I don't know what movie that is, but it's probably about a hundred different movies. But they turn, they turn, uh, turn, turn around on everything. And, and so, yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, Katie, my baby, Katie's on. Uh, hi, baby. 
How are you? I had such a great time with you in New York, and I hope your event last night went really, really well. I'm so proud of you, and we just had the greatest time. I just didn't want, I did not want to leave. I did not want to leave her side, and we had uh, a wonderful time. I'm so proud of her and, and how she basically owns New York City up there. That's my daughter. That's my girl. And just I, I met uh, so many of her friends and the people she works with, and they all just love her so much and uh, makes me so proud. But I, I just love her dearly, and she's a sweetie. So I had such a good time with you. Katie, I hope you um, – I don't know how long you've been on, but I hope you uh, do uh, the uh, – earlier when I talked about the um, the flying experience, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So um, – <laughs> No, you don't. you're not interrupting. It was an amazing week, though, and I love you so much and just had such a great time, and she's just the sweetest girl. And I remember, uh, I remember, I, and I was telling somebody, because we, we kind of, I, I think, it, one thing I'm very, very proud of, and I love that people point out, is that Katie and I look so much alike, uh, and so I'm, that's like really, really a, a proud uh thing uh for me and i i love when we get our pictures taken how we're kind of like you know like little twins to a certain degree um but i remember katie when um selling when she was first born and she's always had this twinkle in her eye and the twinkle in her eye is not unlike my uh my grandmother uh anna who had this gosh she did this beautiful brown-eyed twinkle and uh, I'm and Grandma Anna, as you all know, is my um, nine fingered grandma who wore these, who could wear these beautiful pearls and host world leaders on behalf of my grandfather there in Geneva or anywhere, any other locale be out there, and uh, and then uh, could come home and uh, and had the most beautiful garden in the world because she's always she's at her heart and at her origination the. Uh, the just German farm girl, and uh, that's what she did. And she had the some of the uh, the most amazing garden, and it was always a, a fun thing to talk about. Is oh, this is from Grandma's garden. This is from Grandma's garden, and and uh, she made rhubarb pies. That I told you about before. And then one day, uh, tilling, uh, she cut her finger clear off her forefinger. Boom. <laughs> uh, I think I cut my finger. I should cut her. Fi- that's how tough she was. Anyway. Cut her finger off, and so um, based on uh, 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 my memory, because they they were in the uh, overseas in the fifties and sixties, and then by the time I was born, they'd come back, uh, probably mid sixties, uh, come back to the states. And she went back to her gardening, and that's when she cut her finger off. And so I've I I knew her my whole life with just nine fingers, and so anyway, they had a. Uh, she had this twinkle in her eye that you just, you'd, you'd, you'd see right away. And I'll never forget, it was like just minutes after Katie was born, uh, you know, looked there and they were in that little, uh, in their, her little tub or whatever that was they put her in. And uh, she was just, uh, just opened her eyes and, and I saw that beautiful little twinkle in her eye. I said, man, she's got... She's got my grandma's twinkle, that's for sure, and still does. And so we had a we had a fun time. And and Katie knows how to make things happen, which is great too. Because you know, uh, I'm wandering around New York. I have no idea really where I'm going, or got to get the uh, get the uh, 
the I got to get this ticket here or get on this train going there or got to figure this out, got to figure out how we're going to get in there. And it was so funny. Um, she she knows how to how to do that. And, and she was just owning the place and, and get me around and get me taken care of. And and she just has such uh, a command of her environment that it's, it's so cool to watch. And one of them was, uh, so I went, so I'm working on this project and, 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 and I have to explain it at some point. Doug Giles is going to be on by the way with me in about uh, five minutes or so. So, um, if you're bored uh, with, uh, New York stories, I, uh, Doug Giles will come to the rescue in about five minutes, but, uh, one more uh, story. Well, I have a million to tell you, but so we went to, uh, I went one day, uh, on, Friday, uh, after the Fox News and everything else, I went to uh, to go check out the. I'm, do, I'm doing a project, and it's a pretty big one, and and I'll tell you more about it. It's about Sarah Teasdale, a St. Louis poet, and 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 you're like, dude, you you, you like lost two jobs six months ago, and uh, and now you're working on something about a poet. I'm going, yep, I am. That's just how I roll. Uh, while at the same time building this brand new company, which is great. So anyway, uh, I think I have time. So I went to the original, uh, her home, her last home, which was one, was one Fifth Avenue there in New York. This beautiful Art Deco building uh, that was built. She was she first moved in there when it was first built. So got in there to see a f- few things, and then went on to uh, the. Uh, National Arts Club, where the Poetry Society was, and it's Friday, and there's something going on there, and I want to get in there because it's right across from Gramercy Park. And Sarah Teasdale wrote this beautiful poem called Gramercy Park, and she wrote the poem from Gram- about Gramercy Park while she was looking at Gramercy Park from this building. Uh, and this was in 1919, 1920, that, that area there, uh, and from this building. So I thought, well, maybe I can get into this building and, uh, and, and get a picture from the window that she was sitting in because there was this beautiful window box area there that had a window bench in it, and she was sitting there. That's where she was sitting, you know, 100 years ago writing this poem. Uh, while looking at Gramercy Park, which is this beautiful park, but you can't get in there unless you live there. So they've got it blocked off and all these rules and everything else. And so she wrote about that, and it was kind of a metaphor for a variety of different things, love and beyond, and and, and that I I ultimately will explain. But anyway, so I want to get in there Friday, and and I'm by myself, and this guy is like, looks at me like I've I've just... uh, been pushed out from a spaceship because uh, I go in there. Hi, hey, listen, I'm working on something about charities. I thought maybe if I could just go upstairs and look through the window. You're going to have to call the Poetry Society. I'm going. Well, I mean, can I just go up? You're going to have to call. Kept interrupting me. Gave me a name. Call Anna Johnson at two one. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I left. You know, uh, and and so the next day, Saturday. I go back there with Katie, and first of all, Katie's like, if that dude is still there, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind, and and I had no doubt actually Katie was going to do that, so I was like, 
Uh, and, and so, um, cause Katie didn't like that whole story. So, so we go back there and this time there's a different guy there, but I'll be darned if we just don't go right the heck up the stairs. This guy's like, sure. Why? I tell him the story. I said, sure. Go ahead. Get on up there and, and, and knock yourself out. I'm like going, wow. Can't believe he, uh, he let us up there. And Katie was like, that's because you're with me. I'm going, yeah, it probably, it actually probably is because uh, Katie is uh, not only tough, but she's absolutely the cutest and most adorable and persuasive uh, girl on the planet. So uh, really love her. So that's a long uh, story, uh, but just showing you that, that uh, once I, whenever I was hooked up with Katie, arm in arm, hand in hand, whatever, um, it was smooth sailing all along. Me wandering through Chinatown looking for a sandwich, I can't even do that. because First of all, you're in Chinatown, and you're looking for a sandwich. Well, let me tell you something about Chinatown. You basically have a lot of places there that have buckets of blue crab and um, conch cells and, and, and um, raw fish sticking out, and, and um, that's Chinatown. You're not going to find uh, a subway in Chinatown. But Katie reminded me, you know, you can you can find a pizza slice, and lo and behold, that's for sure what I found. Anyway, but I had to have the guidance. But nonetheless, my hotel was down there in Chinatown. Anyway, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful time, and just uh, had had such a great time with her. And I'm blessed, privileged, humbled, honored to be Katie Allman's dad, and uh, just had a wonderful time. And and didn't want to didn't want to go, but uh, you know. Got to get back, but I'll be back up there eventually. And sometimes I'll be back up there, hopefully, um, when they ship me up there to do some work, maybe on on actually, uh, uh, oh, hey, we trust you because you were with a woman. Yeah, okay. But close enough, though. I mean, what I'm saying is, you know, I was with a woman named Katie Allman. That's that's what that was all about. So that's what I'm I'm saying. All right, uh, let me get – oh, so maybe I'll be up there uh, for the uh, for some work as a contributor. We'll see what they decide to do. Apparently, uh, maybe after uh, – it might be after the, uh, the midterms. I think they're kind of in a tizzy now, and I think they're going to try to uh, – once the midterms are over, uh, they're going to uh, – they're going to quite possibly then uh, go ahead and, and – uh, and redo some of their contributor stuff. So they, so hopefully I'll, I'll be able to, uh, get, uh, get that work there. And sometimes they'll fly me up to New York, you know, on a short notice and I'll be able to see, uh, Katie there anyway. Uh, you know, Dan, I did not stay at the Ritz Carlton dude. You have no idea how expensive hotels are up there in New York. I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable. I mean, and it doesn't matter when you reserve them or when you do, it is like, and, and, and the reason why it's expensive is because they don't have to be cheap <laughs> because New York is full of people and full of people who have, uh, who have, uh, who want a hotel room. So there's really no reason to, prices are slashed. We have, you know, eh, everybody's looking for a place to, to sleep. So, Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, everybody, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care 
and Manufacturing Studios. It's Radio 3 Almond, people. Thank you so much to Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. He's got his mobile design unit for you. Seven days a week. He's your interior designer. He is your man, the installer. The procurer of all things beautiful, people. Roman shades, motorized shades, woven wood shades, Norman shutters. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Yes, Dan, my, my hotel room was the size of a small walk-in closet, but I wasn't there much, so if all you're going to do is sleep there, it's fine. It was good. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME, low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time. Life, home and auto. Let them run through your little uh, insurance policy you have now, and you'll be in. Because you won't go anywhere else, believe me. Let me call Doug Giles here. Doug Giles, what's going on, brother? ClashDaily.com, how are you? Happy Monday. Doing good, Big Dong. Hey, man. Freed from the, freed from the enslaving shackles of Facebook's psychotic, neurotic, crazy, Glenn Close-like algorithms. So tell me what happened, because you texted me, I think it was Thursday or Friday, and said they completely banned me, threw me off of uh, Facebook. What happened? Uh, hell if I know, man. Aside from they did a, a midterm <laughs> purge of powerful sites uh, that are constantly haranguing them with this thing called Truth, Reason, America, Patriotism. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they effectively on, uh, I think it was Thursday, they just said, all your stuff's unpublished. That's two million people, Jamie, that uh, that we've garnered in the last six years, of which we paid uh, a whopping uh, nearly $200,000 to build our audience. And they accused us of fake accounts, of spamming, what else? Um, I can't, I can't remember all the charges. Wow. Our, the, let's, let's, let's break them down. Fake accounts, they have my damn driver's license. They have everybody on our team's uh, driver's license. We do, we do double verify logins. So when we go to Facebook, if, uh, if your listeners aren't hip to this, you can't just put your name and your password and boom, you're in. We've got to do because we have huge or had huge pages. We have to put our name and password, and then after we've given them our cell phone number, then they'll send us a six-digit confirmation code. My uh, my main page, Clash uh, Daily with Doug Giles, is blue check verified. You have to go through 
uh, serious scrutiny so that they know that who it is, you know, that's that's operating, you know, this big page. And for them to say that, you know, this, <laughs> these are fake uh, fake accounts that's running this page is complete and utter bullshit. There's no truth to that whatsoever. From a spamming uh, standpoint, I don't consider posting uh, articles from my website to my page uh, spamming. And I don't know. I also don't consider sharing our content with our social media team to other Facebook groups who dig our stuff, I don't consider that spamming. Uh, but, you know, the gods of Facebook, uh, you know, use these vagaries and this loose language, uh, again, to, to kick off a perennial threat and pain in their backside, and that's what Clash is. And if they think that uh, <laughs> uh, we've been uh, a pain heretofore. They haven't seen anything uh, since we got kicked off the platform because all their stupid rules are off, Jamie. Oh, you can't say this. You can't do this. You can't put out this meme. You can't talk about some big old dude who thinks he's a girl uh, stomping uh, all the female competition in the women's cycling championship, you know, because that's hate speech. And I uh, can't say anything about uh, Islam and their crazy jihadic. Uh, uh, terrorist threats against the West because that would be bigotry against uh, religion. That's all the kind of stuff we had to jump through, man, for the last uh, uh, couple of years, and it got you know even more egregious after Trump won election. So I'm free from that, man. It's like it's like getting uh, divorced from Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I, yeah, we had a conversation, too, uh, last week with the Gateway Pundit about this because you guys, your sites are clearly menacing to these people who just do not want this information out there. Like, for instance, a perfect post uh, for you uh, and, and typical of this was this uh, tape you have up there of uh, GOP Senator Bill Cassidy being asked to apologize to this woman's children for ruining their futures. And, 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 a, and a story like that isn't going to be covered anywhere. Listen to this one second. my children for ruining their futures. Hey, guess what? If in the future somebody makes it, I know your parents are using you as tools. No, but we're not the using them as tools. Future, if somebody makes an allegation against you, and there's no but proof let me, for it, you'll be okay. And you should Thank hope you. that they go through your <laughs> So this was a great response, and I'm sorry in Skype you sometimes can't hear what I'm about, but I just played that tape of Cassidy's answer uh, to the children, and boy, that took some guts, but I'm glad he did it, but that would never be exposed anywhere but on sites like yours. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, one of the things once uh, Facebook deplatformed uh, Clash Daily, and again, you know, just for your listeners to feel this, this is 2 million people. Uh, these are people that um, uh, we didn't buy to come in to follow us. They, via our adverts and, uh, and through you know, publishing uh, tens of thousands of pieces of their own volition, like what we're doing, and decided we're going to follow you. Again, we spent you know, $100,000 on Facebook ads, which they took. And, uh, yeah, all that's gone. And I'm, I'm starting to lose you on your, on your phone, buddy. Are you moving around? 
No, it's sitting still, but it's pouring out here. Oh, is it? I'm okay. way out in the country. <laughs> no, so, so anyway, um, they said that, uh, you know, Facebook said that these are political hacks with clickbait and incendiary titles. And uh, Fox News, as you brought them up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the special report with Brett Baer after Facebook deplatformed, you know, 800-plus pages. And to him and Jonathan Sari are talking about it, and they're saying, you know, Facebook decided to cut these sites. And he quoted them exactly. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, hey, Brett, you're calling, you're calling uh, Clash Daily and, uh, and uh, Jonathan Sari, you're calling Clash Daily political hacks with incendiary clickbait titles uh, and just put us up there as, you know, again, these insubstantial group of people. Uh, I would I would like Brett and Jonathan to know that uh, our family's been kicking ass for God and country for many moons. Uh, our daughter brought down Acorn. Uh, we've I've been one of the top writers for Town Hall for uh, before we launched Clash Daily for over a decade. Uh, we're hardly, you know, this uh, this shady family who does shady crap, and yet their Fox News was, you know, just wow. parroting just quoting Facebook, and uh, I wish they would, you know, I wish Fox would do their due diligence. And, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, that Fox and other people, uh, you know, I love Tucker and Hannity, but uh, they're getting soft, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're treading lightly, and uh, they wouldn't touch, you know, uh, again, some of the stuff that we touch, that if it weren't for the likes of Gateway and Breitbart and Clash, uh, a lot of a lot of these things you wouldn't even hear about. I guarantee, Jamie, that on CNN and MSNBC this this weekend, that nobody saw what happened the dust up with the Patriot Prayer Rally and the Antifa thugs. Yo, yeah, yeah, that, that thing in Portland. My goodness gracious! I mean, that. Uh, yeah, uh, but but by the way, people, when I go to your site, ClashDaily.com, first of all. Uh, there are not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, when I go on there, I'm not getting 7,000 different pop-ups. It's a clean website and it's, and it's chock full of info. I mean, it, it is, it's all backed up fact-based stories uh, that are, <laughs> that are, that are just, it's basically just a wall of information and it's entertaining too, because it's got the videos and all that kind of stuff. So I don't even know what they're talking about. So maybe it had Fox just simply clicked on the site they would have figured it out, but it's too bad because Facebook, yeah. you know, no, it's uh, and again, it just, it just shows, you know, here, you know, just, it just shows the laziness of people that, you know, supposed to be people that we trust. And, uh, it's like, I'm sitting there just like, you ought to be kidding me, man. Yeah. You for to, to disparage our content as fake or tawdry, Bro, I'm sitting there when my editors start tossing me stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it to the page because we hadn't verified it yet. And I'm like, are you damn certain that, that this is legit? It's like it, it's looked like it's trending this way. It's like scrap it until it's just you know absolutely empirically verifiable. There's multiple sources that, that we cite, and it's not like crazy <laughs> yeah. you know, lunatic fringe-type things. It's Reuters. It's AP. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it's... It's it's so sad that you know uh, uh, groups like Fox News, corporations like that, uh, who by and large you know have served our nation well, uh, and I take it personal as you can tell, is that they get uh -huh. shoddy when Facebook you know does something like that because Facebook's the freaking enemy of the people, man. 
And uh, I put a uh, I, I put a little note on my Facebook page because I, I, I relaunched a personal one uh, just to direct people over to our MeWe page. Yeah, what uh, is that? Flash Daily. Okay, so so uh, it looks it, it looks like the Wild West. It looks like Facebook, you know, back at its inception. Uh, they've got a great uh, uh, privacy bill of rights. We're not selling you stuff. We're not data mining. Uh, you you determine uh, you know what you want to see on your home feed. Uh, you determine um, it's it's every everything. Uh, it's not a spy <laughs> company that sells your data to advertisers and um, and a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that's verboten over at Air Zuckerberg's uh, uh, company. Uh, it it's out there on MeWe. It's some funny stuff. And again, I don't know if you remember the nascent day of Facebook, but it was just like a, a free for all Thunderdome <laughs> of uh, comedic memes and videos. And, you know, before the thumb screws were applied to the naughty boys like me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also back to the, back to your whole, the way, even the way things are, are, uh, are, portrayed in the news media like i'll give you an example like for instance your story that you you have and you have all the tape up there at clashdaily.com of what happened in portland and so if anybody really wants to know what happened in portland you can watch the videotapes and see who started things and who ended things and you could see the people who are the aggressors and who aren't but if you just look at the oregonian paper the way they describe it they said they called right-wing patriot prayer group and their adversaries, the black-clad Antifa. So they didn't use left-wing. They didn't use any of that. But clearly, even in the story, the way they present it is as if it was the Patriot Prayer Group was the one who was the aggressor, who was the one who had a political bent, everything else. But you get the truth because you can see it in front of your eyes on, yeah. at ClassDilly.com. So that's, that's, the, that's the benefit there. Yeah, and, and uh, I saw one that was pitching it, uh, Jamie. It's like right-wing zealots. You know, uh, take on. Uh, it was something like you know, Hello, Hello Kitty protesters. It was it was <laughs> the the way that they pitched it was the complete opposite of what went down. The way that they framed uh, the Patriot Prayer Rally and uh, its members, again these you know these white jihadic death dealers, and uh, and and the Antifa crowd were these you know. You know these uh, damsels in distress, these oboe regards that were that were trying to keep away these right wing zealots with their shepherd's crook, you know, or their yeah, parasol. Right. right. And Doug, one quick question. Yeah, um, yep. Well, I was thinking about you this morning when I was talking about these protests because some new thing was introduced to me, uh, and it's called bear spray, which I know you probably know about. I've never heard of bear spray before. Yeah, bear spray. It's uh, it's 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 a, it's a big ass bottle of uh, pepper spray that you know, the girls use to to ward off uh, Harvey Weinstein and stuff. <laughs> and um, yeah, if uh, you know, it really doesn't work on. Like, I'll give you a funny example. We were hunting uh, uh, brown bear, which are massive. The biggest. Well, the polar bear is bigger than a brown bear, but. Uh, the coastal brownies, I mean, they're, you know, my, the one that I shot was squared 10 feet, meaning he was nine feet tall and he's, uh, 11, uh, foot, uh, arm span. So he's a big, he's a big bear. He probably, we know, we didn't weigh him, but he's probably coming in around 1300, 1400 pounds. So the ecotourist people, instead of bringing the, a, a fricking 
big ass gun for protection. They had bear spray, Jamie. And so we were we were hunting on the Copper River in Alaska, and we had these eco tourists come right on top of us and land on a beach that we had fresh uh, uh, boar brown bear tracks. These tracks the size of a so you got this prehistoric toad that can move at 35 miles an hour through muck, uh, snow, water, up a hill, side hill, down a hill, and um, uh, Wayne Woods, he asked me, he said, do you, have a, do you have a firearm? They're like, no, we're eco-tourists. We don't believe in the animals. And so Wayne, <laughs> Wayne just kind of grins. And uh, he goes, so, uh, so what do you have? And they go, we got bear spray. And uh, he goes, oh, okay, well, that's good. So we just motor off. And he turns around and looks at me. He goes, you know what bear spray does? And I was like, what? And he goes, it spices up your air blows through the cloud so that when he's eating you, it tastes like, you know, some <laughs> kind of uh, uh, Jamaican jerk chicken instead of just raw flesh. So, it's, uh, so I wouldn't want to get blasted with it. The reserve tanks are humongous, so, you know, you can have a lot of fun with it. Uh, <laughs> but um, for actual brown bears and grizzlies, you know, it might, it might ward off a black. It might get an uninterested grizzly or browning to, to back down, but if they're in full attack mode. They're just going to blow through that cloud of cayenne like it's nothing. Yeah, well, I was thinking that, too, because I, I remember one time, because I think there was somebody who was eaten by a bear or whatever, and I seem to recall the what you're supposed to do when you're around a bear. But actually, I, I couldn't remember whether it was stand there and scream or stand there and be quiet. And since there wasn't a bear in the studio here, I was fine that I forgot what to do. But I'd have to. But if, if I ever if I ever got out among bears, I'd have to bone up on my uh, bear eating me prevention. And so, yeah, I thought you just simply. I would. To... I would I, I, I'm a huge advocate of uh, the the bigger the gun, the better. The one that you can uh, the biggest gun you can control accurately when you're in bear country, because um, you know I've I've seen and I've I've, I've watched guides shout them down. But uh, if uh, if if they're determined, there's there's crap all you can do. You try to climb a tree, it climbs trees. Wow! <laughs> uh, or it'll break it down. Uh, you can't outrun it. There's no way. The whole you know, curl up in the fetal position. You know, I I wouldn't dice roll that. You gotta have a gun, folks. Like my my brown bear, and um, I don't know if it saved this person's life, but when we we're skinning him out. I'm looking at him right now, and on his left shoulder, we pulled a 44 Magnum slug that uh, just penetrated the shoulder muscle but didn't penetrate the bone, and the wound looked like it was a couple of years old. My point is a 44 Magnum, for most people, it's like, you know, dirty, hairy, uh, powerful uh, handgun round, and it is. But when it comes to, you know, penetrating, breaking bone and killing the brown bear, man, it is. It didn't do it. Now, it might have warded him off. I don't know if, because uh, we have no record of anybody being killed and the 44 Magnum being found on the scene. But uh, that thing didn't That thing didn't put this bad boy down, and he showed no problem. He wasn't limping or anything else. So, you know, it takes a large caliber weapon to put that bullet right into his uh, computer, his brain. And, uh, I mean, you could do a heart shot, but even then, man, they still have so much adrenaline coming you'd really have to just completely destroy his heart and be far enough away that uh, he couldn't get you uh, with his adrenaline momentum. 
Boy, I'm really glad I don't have to deal with bears, dude. They, 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 <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine like bears being as prevalent as like a dog or a cat? My goodness gracious. You know what this uh uh we reported on this story a couple of years ago. This chick was uh at one of the parks up in Wyoming or Montana and it you know, it clearly says don't feed the bears, you know. And um she's putting I think Snickers in her mouth and there's this brown bear, it's about a six footer, he's got his paws on her shoulders and she's mouth to mouth feeding this bear Snickers. Ugh. Well she runs out of Snickers and the bear doesn't attack her. He just he just comes down from her shoulders with his paws raking both breasts off her body. Oh my lord! Yeah, don't feed the bears. I, no, no, I, I would not. Uh, I would not do that. Hey, you have a new uh, painting out. Yeah, the red wave. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Trump surfing a red wave, and on the front of his uh, surfboard is. Uh, a Trump Punisher sticker, and there's a, another sticker between uh, Trump's uh, legs uh, that says CNN sucks and uh, beautiful uh, red wave that he's surfing. I still think, uh, you know, everybody's like, it's a blue wave, Jamie. It's going to take 20, it's going to take the midterms. It's a blue wave. It's like these are the same people like Karl Rove and Chris Steyerwalt and all the people on the on the left that told us that Trump was going to get trounced uh, by the Hilda Beast, and they were just as absolutely wrong as you know what. And um, they're saying the same thing now. So I don't know, man. It, it, I'm I'm going to go out there and say it's going to be a red wave, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to predict House and Senate. We take them both, but I could be wrong, you know. Well, uh, you know, and here's the thing, though. I, I, I was saying earlier because we've got a, a house race. McClatchy identified a house race here. Uh, in Illinois, it's right across the river here. Uh, that is a uh, industrial Southern Illinois district that has a steel mill and a refinery and all that kind of stuff. And it's currently uh, the 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 Republican is currently in office there. They're saying this is a toss up. I'm thinking there's no way. In fact, I talked to a conservative Democrat who listens to this show here, and uh, I had him on the other day, and he said there's no way we're going to go to the polls. And vote for people who are going to uh, to break down and redraw the president's economic policies. We're not going to put a Democrat in there so they can go in there and and stop him from improving our lives. It's just not going to happen. So I I'm with you. I I just don't see any possibility that people who voted for President Trump in 2016 are going to go back. And and vote for individuals uh, who will possibly jeopardize uh, their economic futures and his economic policies. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I love I love Trump's like if uh, vote Democrat if you're tired of winning. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, you got to be like you you got to have either just some kind of personal weird beef with uh, the fact that he tweets or something. You're, you're just a you're just a. Doug's got a phone that's kind of popping. Yeah, Doug's. Uh, Our nation. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying you're, you're, that rainstorm's killing your satellite, your phone. But, but, but anyway, to 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 my point, the red wave painting is awesome. And, you know, I and I think it takes some guts too to even have the red wave painting itself because uh, it's making a prediction. And I'm with you, man. I mean, I hope, though, I do hope 
that the midterms finally, I mean, like, I don't know what it's going to take. And listen, I'm, I'm trying to get some contributor work there at Fox News, so I kind of got to be careful a little bit. But what's it going to take for people to finally realize that the likes of Karl Rove and these guys, they always get it wrong. I mean, and, 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 and they, they're, you know, they, they, they keep on bringing up, up this mythical group of white women suburban voters who are going to somehow uh, turn Republicans out or do whatever. It's like they have no – they never have any evidence of that. They just kind of uh, predict it, but they don't have any evidence of this. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what white women uh – these guys are talking to that voted for Trump that are now anti-Trump. Uh, I've got a lot of them that follow us at Clash Daily and uh, over at MeWe and uh, other places and Facebook until, you know, we were uh, 86, that they're the, antith- uh, the antithesis of, of that report. <laughs> they're so on fire for Trump. It's, uh, they make some of the guys look, you know, a little tepid. Yeah, and and the only thing is that people are going to go out. I mean, this idea somehow that people, Republicans who elected President Trump in 2016, are somehow just going to stay home. I mean, uh, this in the first 600 days of this man's administration, this economy has changed remarkably, and people are watching their friends uh, have uh, get higher wages and have jobs, and and they're seeing unemployment probably at, we're at full employment now. You're going to you're going to go to the the polls not people aren't going to just simply say oh everything's great I don't need to vote I mean that's just completely antithetical to the kind of energy that we put into 2016 so the idea of us staying home is ridiculous Yeah and another thing that um that again you know the left are notorious for doing stupid stuff and overplaying their hands uh we got a fresh baptism of fire to what the left's all about when they tried to destroy Kavanaugh's life. So if there's any other impetus aside from our great economy and the fact that you don't hear diddly squat about ISIS uh, blowing up cartoonists anymore, shooting Ariana Grande concerts up uh, anywhere on the planet, they've been absolutely decimated by drones and our special operators. Uh, and, and, uh, and the beat back that the media is getting, uh, from uh, Donald Trump and the dusting he gave Leslie Stahl on CBS last night. If that doesn't affect you uh, enough to get your pringled and large glutes out of your bed and vote uh, during the midterms for that which is uh, uh, deep-dyed red, look at what they did to Kavanaugh and understand, just like Lindsey Graham said, that God forbid that you people ever get to power with this kind of uh, malevolence and hate and shoddy worldview. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, check it out, uh, ClashDaily.com, and there are obviously links to uh, uh, Doug's art and everything else up there, and he's uh, at uh, DougGiles.art is where you can find uh, the latest painting, and also your uh, your T-shirts as well, and it, you guys never miss a beat here. Now you have a T-shirt up there. That says, um, I was going to be a liberal for Halloween, but my head wouldn't fit up my ass. It's like, dude, you guys are, you're seasonal stuff. You guys never miss a beat there either. So funny. Yeah. Hey, also, here's a, uh, another aside. Um, the, the, the boogeyman Facebook, you know, we're going to crush their websites. Our traffic took no hit at all. None. Wow. Good yeah. for you, man. I mean, I had others. And here's the smart thing, man. Um, you know. 
we always build our mailing list and other publishers who are wholly dependent upon Facebook as their, as their platform to get their content out, they're decimated. They're gone, you know? Yeah. Well, um, good for you, man. And it's, and over there at MeWe is where we're going to be, uh, seeing you now. So I appreciate that. I got to take a look at that and check that out. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I've, I've never heard of it or never heard of it. So I'm glad, uh, you're turning us on to a lot of people. Some of them who are listeners to the show are chiming in on the Facebook page saying they've been on there or follow people on there. So that's pretty cool. All right, brother. Well, listen, uh, have a good rest of your week and, uh, thanks a lot for popping on and, uh, Keep surviving, dude. We need you. Oh, man, I'm, I'm a cockroach. It's going to take a nuclear war to, to uh, destroy me. Uh, right on. You know, buddy. Stay okay. radical. Okay, man. I'll see you later. Thanks a lot. Yep. Yeah, I'd never heard of, uh, I'd never heard of MeWe before. I think that's, uh, uh, that's cool. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad people finally uh, are getting around to going around the different platforms. And he – actually, Doug was the one who a long time ago told me, watch out for Facebook because uh, they're gonna, they'll get you. And uh, lo and behold, <laughs> they did that to Doug. But as he pointed out, his website itself didn't take any hits at all. And, and, and we all know where to go when we need to go. And so that's cool. Appreciate that very much. Ben Murphy's over there. And Father Tom's over there, too. Margaret said he invited us to meet. Good. Good job, people. All right. Thank you so much to my friends at Golden Oak Lending. 314-567-GOLD. I hope you know that we're still giving away the hats if you go ahead and get your mortgage checkup and your appraisal. So we've got those brand new hats on the way. So check that out. The new ones, uh, they kind of have a leathery look to them. They're kind of cool. RadioFreeAlmond.com. But thanks to Golden Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com. 314-567-GOLD. Thank you also to Mike and Shannon over there at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. SantinoCigars.com. Thank you to the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. Matthews at 855-QUOTE-ME. Thank you to Nutrition HQ, veteran-owned, and everything you need for your health, for your workouts. Protein pizzas he's got now, a protein powder that has bits of Snickers in it that still remains... A great protein and low calorie. Love it. Get all my supplements from Ricky Hall. Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks. It's right there at Manchester and McKnight in Rock Hill. Jim Usual, yes, sir. JP's Corner there. Sunset Hills. That's where we're going to have our November happy hour. We just got to think about it. Thank you very much, Margaret. Glad to be back. Thank you, dear. RadioFreeAlmond.com. Have a great rest of your day.